106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Pay attention now, kiddos. It's not science. It's politics. Okay, let's hear this. I've been listening to this for 50 years. Oh, okay. In the 60s, it was oil will be gone in 10 years. Mm. In the 70s, it was another ice age in 10 years. You don't say. In the 80s, it was acid rain will destroy all the crops in 10 years. Get out of town. In the 90s, it was the ozone layer will be destroyed in 10 years. It's embarrassing. In the 2000s, it was the glaciers will all melt oh, wow. in 10 years. In the 2010s, it was the east and west coast will be underwater from rising sea levels. Dang, these keep lying, ten huh? Years. None of this fear-mongering nonsense came true. So it did result in higher taxes mm. every time. We all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. That is not the definition. What do you think about a recession? Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. So a list has come out of the top 10 celebrities that have the most CO2 emissions, and you'll never guess who's the first one. At number 10, we got Travis Scott. It's lit. At number 9, we got your girl Oprah. Check under your seat. There's a private jet. At number 8, Mr. Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. At number 7, Kim K. Director, Steven Spielberg at number 6. Number 5 is Blake Shelling. Coming in swinging at number four, it's A-Rod. At number three, it's Hove, Jay-Z. Number two is Floyd Mayweather. And at number one, it's singer and sometimes activist who loves to talk about how horrific climate change is, Taylor Swift. Whose 15-year-old daughter was raped. She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes. And the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights, was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator, anyone whose uh, child was raped as, uh, is the most horrific crime I can imagine, and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to protest to their school board about that. But he was cited is, by the school board association that's fine, as a but domestic that's not, terrorist, which we now know that letter and those reports were the basis for your... No, th this no, is, Senator. This is that's wrong. Shameful. Judge, that's, this is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. Okay. That's not... Th thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You yeah. should resign in disgrace, Judge. It's Independence Day, so let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Dictator Ron DeSantis incredibly lets you walk around without masks. That tyrant allows your kids to go to school during the pandemic, year two or four, or who the hell knows. I urge you living in Florida to join the fight. Or join us in California, where we'll take the money you earn and give it to people who don't work. Visit San Francisco, where you can walk through human feces. If you're lucky, you might step on a syringe. Check out Los Angeles, where gas is so expensive, your kids only need to skip a meal or two or ten to afford it. California, where freedom means lockdowns for you, while I go to the places you can't afford. Don't let them take your freedom. Come to California, where we'll take it, along with your money. Legal and idiot disclaimer, this is not Gavin Newsom's voice.
Welcome to the 175th episode of No Hostages Radio. This is Lou Benninger, your host, and this will appear on August 6th, 2022. Thank you for listening. Uh, there's a couple ways to get to us. One, you may have come through your podcast source, and another is through the website, nohostagesradio.com. We have an email at lou at nohostagesradio.com, L-O-U, that you can reach me and communicate with me. Also, you can reach me by my cell phone, 530-713-1838, with a 530 in front of it. I'm on the left coast out here in North California, Northern California, Yuba County. So uh, maybe a few hours difference from you if you want to talk live or you want me to catch that con- in, when I'm conscious. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty flexible, so you can reach me 24 hours a day most of the time, almost 24 hours and uh, uh, where I could talk to you or uh, seven days a week. So if you hear something I'm talking about on addiction or any of the projects we work on around here, uh, feel free to call, even if you're out from out of the area, and we'll do what we can to help. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have a live show on Saturdays from uh, this. This podcast pops up on Saturday morning, but we also do a live show 10 to 1 p.m. Left Coast time on KMYC 1410 a.m. Uh, you can reach that if you're uh, out of the area by going to um, live365, the number 365, live365.com, and then click on radio and just put in KMYC, and that should give you the live feed. And if you want to listen to us there as well, again, that's live. Uh, we don't take phone calls because of the uh, constraint, kind of the way that the configuration is of our studio right now. But you can text me and I'll pay attention to the text or, you know, it's just a little different. We cover some of the same material, but also different um, since it's a local radio uh, telecast. So uh, I wanted to mention a, a couple of announcements um, early on here that uh, you may be interested in. So there's a couple conferences coming up at uh, situated at Church of Glad Tidings in Sutter County um, in California. But I'm going to give you a way, hopefully a way that you can uh, track them down. So the first one is uh, on September 2nd, which isn't too far away, about a month away, right? And it's and it's David Martin, and it's called American. Uh, it's kind of one you want to say revolution. It's American R, and then backslash evolution world premiere. It's a one hour uh, movie, and so they're going to uh, show it for the very first time uh, at the Church of Glad Tidings. And so, if you want to attend that, David Martin will be there. And uh, it's a $10 fee to get in. It's a one-hour show, $10 fee. If you want to hang around afterwards for some dessert and questions and answers, um, he'll probably go as long as you want. That'll start. This is uh, the events from 6 to 8. I think it's uh, it'll show at 7 to 8. 6 to 8 overall, there's concessions there. Uh, it's and then there'll be dessert for the, uh, sort of a VIP deal afterwards if you want. So it's $10 if you just want to go to the movie, and it's $50 if you want to stay afterwards and ask questions about what he said in the movie. Uh, I'm waiting for a, a, a text regarding if uh, 
or when, not if, but when on his own website, you can download the movie. So obviously it's going to be available worldwide, and uh, and I don't believe they're going to simulcast it uh, from Church of Glad Tidings. But more, you know, we got a month month to go. I just want to give you a heads up. So that's September 2nd, and uh, if you've never heard of uh, David Martin, let me uh, just pop over here, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him because he spent— uh, he's one of the guys that kind of blew the doors open on the COVID lies internationally, and it cost him millions of dollars to do so. He lost a lot of business, uh, and you might want, oh, well, who is this guy and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to click down here, and I'm going to uh, – if you go to events, if you go to churchofgladtidings.com and then click on events and go down to September 2nd, and uh, you'll see uh, about him, about the event – and then I'm going to, uh, let's see, where did I see? Oh, yeah. So, so if you just look where it says to register, but instead of that, actually, when you click on register, let me see if I can get it all to pop up. Then when you click on to register, then if you keep scrolling down, you're going to run into his picture and a write-up on Dr. David Martin. So I'm just going to read it to you. Dr. David Martin has been the world's unique voice in educating and activating humanity in the wake of the global campaign of fear and terror of COVID. From uncovering covert funding in the 1990s to white-collar crime in the 2000s, David Martin has never backed down from exposing corruption. Now he's leading the charge to hold accountable the criminal conspirators conspirators who shut down the world and are injecting humanity with a dead, deadly toxins for the past 30 years he's worked in over 130 countries to redeem conflict metals agriculture and social systems and return them to local communities from the halls of congress to the floor of the new york stock exchange dr martin has become uniquely qualified to help lead humanity into its best and brightest future. So that's the, uh, the David Martin, uh, event on September 2nd. Now I'm going to go over to another event. If you just go back to special events and then you go down to September 16th, uh, this, some of the details, uh, are, it says are yet to come. It's called Dark Secrets and Bright Hopes. It's going to be a conference starting on September 16th, 17th, and 18th. So uh, it's called Dark Secrets and Bright Hopes. It says join us with speakers L.A. Marzuli, Derek Gilbert, Brian Artis, Dr. Brian Artis, Leo Lyon Zagami, and Dave Bryan as we expose the darkness and champion the light. So you'll see that. And then if you click down for more information, you're going to see the speakers because you might think, well, Lou, I've never heard some of those. And I hadn't either. So L.A. Marzulli lectures on the subjects of UFOs and Nephilim and ancient prophetic texts. His first independent film is a wake up call to what Marzulli calls the come coming great deception. Then Derek Gilbert is an author presenter. Derek has co-authored books which reveal a fresh take on end time prophecy. His latest is a startling book that connects the Roman uh, um, 
gods, it said the Roman gods, it's a typo here, of Saturn, the Canaanite cult of Molech, and the globalist Great Reset, and the occult symbolism inside the United States Capitol. Uh, then there's Dr. Brian Artis. You've probably heard a lot of him regarding COVID. Dr. Artis is a passionate about exposing corruption of the medical system and educating the public of proven natural healing therapies. His focus is on medical freedom, education, and waking up the world with the truth. And then there's Dave Bryan, uh, who, with his wife Cheryl, have been working at Church of Glad Tidings since 1987. Well-respected trainers in both harassment, oppression level, and the occult level uh, deliverance. Uh, so then you have Leo Lyon Zagami. Leo is a writer researcher popular for his insider information gained from his direct involvement in the inside circles of the secret societies central to the new world order, the Vatican and the Illuminati. So you may have seen uh, some of these guys on YouTube, uh, but they're actually, if you keep scrolling down, the entire schedule's already laid out. There's no costs at this point laid out, but it starts on Friday at 7 o'clock, runs to 9. Saturday runs to, uh, from 9, sorry, to noon, takes a break, and then comes back at 1.30 and runs to 9 o'clock at night. There'll be breaks in there for dinner, et cetera, et cetera. And then Sunday, it's going to run from 10 uh, to noon. So um, anyway, it, it should be a, both of those are, are you shouldn't miss either one of them. Now, the question always is, is it live stream? We'll we'll bring that forward. I'm sure it will be live streamed or and certainly everything's recorded and put on our own website. But the uh, film that uh, David Martin has produced will be on his website and and probably you can click on our website. It'll send you to his and then you can uh, uh, buy it. You could buy it if you if you want to buy it so uh anyway i bring those up because i was having lunch yesterday with dave bryan who who pastors glad tidings and he was bringing me up to date on what was going on uh at these two events uh they aren't the only events going on but i think they're events that people from around the country uh would be interested in tapping into because you're not going to hear this group of people in one spot now the interesting thing is when the bryans were down in uh Atlanta, Georgia, they crossed paths with Dr. Brian Artis, and, AR, and that's A-R-D-I-S, not artist, Ardis. Uh, and he, is, he has been a, uh, an amazing provider of real, uh, perfect, ex- excellent information about surviving illnesses and, uh, and the fraud of COVID. And the... Uh, the corruption of of uh, not offering things like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. Uh, he he's a holistic type of a medical approach. Uh, he's exposed the the uh, the the poison of remdesivir given at the hospitals throughout the United States. So Brock, Dr. Brian Artis crossed paths with the Bryans down in Atlanta, and so is going to be coming up uh, for this this event. Uh, on September 16th, 17th, and 18th. Very exciting times. Uh, who knew that we were going to actually meet some of these people when we started taking clips of them off the Internet and educating people around here. So uh, I hope that's helpful to you. I wanted to talk for a minute. We, we're just uh, doing the first of six segments here. If you're new to us, we do a 20-minute segment of talk, and we have about five or six minutes of clips that are related to the talk I give. 
And uh, so we have eight minutes left here of the talk. But I I've been concerned for some time. I was on the school board many years ago. I was on the school board for, I think, 12 years, maybe 12 years and a half. I can't remember three terms and a half, something like that. Uh, and so I've been close to I'm not a teacher. I've been close to the school systems. I volunteered in the school systems. I've, a lot of friends are leaders in the school system. And I, I believe it's a time. It's time now to remove your children from the school system. I don't think it's reformable. Um, I don't think you, it's fixable, uh, particularly in California. I can't speak for your state. I I am familiar with what the Californians' uh, government is doing. Uh, these aren't, as I mentioned last week, these aren't public schools. These are government schools. The public isn't in control. The trustees aren't in control. <clears throat> the the uh, many I, I'm. I'm going to speak broadly here. There's exceptions to everything. There's wonderful teachers in the system that I know personally, and many I'm sure that I don't know in the local area, though it's a small community. But there's a lot of corrupted teachers, corrupted leaders in the in the school system, and certainly the curriculum is completely corrupted. It's communist. It does not teach what our founding fathers wanted us to teach and, and learn through the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and uh, what it's like, what it, the virtues of being an American. So it's so I've been talking about alternatives, and uh, so I'm going to encourage you with some uh, alternatives to the public education system. Now there are some private schools, or you can homeschool, and I'm going to give you some links. If you want to take a pen, uh, you can write them down. I may post them on our website as well over the next few weeks. One lady I've been fascinated in following is a uh, lady named Callie Fontania, and she is a teacher, used to teach in the Salinas, California school system, and finally, uh, like a lot of educators that I know, have got fed up with it, thought, I'm not going to teach kids this. This is uh, evil and corrupt and uh, filthy, and uh, she left the system along with her husband, and they started an organization called Think exodus.org think exodus.org just like it sounds all one word think exodus uh period org or dot org that is uh, a new system they're setting up of education and that's uh I, i'm just going to give you some resources i'm not necessarily endorsing oh yeah you got to do this i'm just saying there's a lot of options out there people like candace owens who who uh you may also hear on this this i can't remember whether it's on this show or the previous show talks about please pull your kids out of school there isn't anything redemptive in the public school system so another a great group um locally here uh and i know this this uh, show is going out elsewhere not just here uh but this may give you some ideas of looking your local i'm telling you people are starting schools left and right so saint isidore's uh school dot org backslash high school uh saint isidore's is s-t-i-s-i-d-o-r-e-s school dot org backslash high school and i think it has a hyphen in between high and high and school so uh they are starting a brand new high school called the chesterton school it's a it's a uh, series of catholic based high schools based on the philosophy and um, classical teaching of G.K. Chesterton. He's a philosopher, Christian philosopher, and uh, 
you can check that out. They have a website. Uh, and so I would go to there to check that out starting soon, uh, this fall, in a couple of months, and it'll be their first year. So you can call them at 530-673-2217. That's probably the St. Isidore's uh, lower you know, elementary school. But Susan Berkey is, and her husband, Dr. Robert Berkey, are the ones that are the fire, the the uh, catalyst behind it, and then they have a school board, etc. So another one is uh, Bible Baptist Schools. Uh, if you want, I, I think they, I don't know whether they're all the way to high school, but they're getting a lot of good reviews. Uh, out in, in the Yuba County, 530-673-2217. I have friends that have sc- kids there. They're, they're having a good experience. Another one's New Life Christian School. They've been around since the 80s. They're here in our uh, Linda area, Linda Oliverst area. Their number is 530-742-3033, 742-3033. I think they're focused on elementary school now. I didn't see a high school, but I could be wrong. They used to have high school. Faith Christian School goes all the way up to high school. That's 530-674-5474. Then you have a new school. This is their second year, EPIC, or Embassy Private Educational Center, EPEC. And that's 530-671-3160, extension 236. So there's some websites. If you just take what I've just told you, the name, and put it in your search engine, you'll find them. If you go to Church of Glad Tidings and click on Ministries, there'll be a drop-down, and you can look up EPIC, and you could go to their their website and they'll tell all about the days of the week that they operate, how, how long they operate, their philosophy, the classes, the curriculum, all that kind of stuff. So also, uh, by the way, the G.K. Chesterton, it, the school's got a longer name than that. It's uh, got kind of a religious-sounding name after Chesterton. But uh, they, they have a great website, and it, it tells in detail what your, your children will be learning in the high school um, years. And if, but I would think seriously if I had a child in high school about, um, about doing that. So there's some uh, schools. Also, if you're interested in homeschooling and you, you, you don't know where to start and you want some support and you want people, a, a network of people you can talk to, go to Arrow, like the bow and arrow, Arrow Education. You go to churchofgladtidings.com, click on ministries. There'll be a drop down. You'll see Epic. You'll see eight or nine things drop down click on arrow education there's a phone number there and they have a a uh, cooperative if you will of all kinds of homeschoolers in the yuba sutter area maybe outside that meet uh at the church there uh you don't have to be involved in the church it's just a, a place to have that and where there can be some uh, cooperative education going on on wednesdays they're there all day they get fed uh, watered and fed, and there's some recreational activities. And so you, you meet parents that maybe are a step ahead of you. they got kids that have been ahead of you um, in years, so they can recommend curriculum. They may have some curriculum. They'll turn you on. It, it just, um, it's equipping and it's emboldening to, to launch. And uh, one day I was out there last year, and I think there was almost 100 kids there on a Wednesday all uh, collaborating setting in setting in on some teaching together even though they're homeschool kids so that's uh arrow education and it's been going uh actually it's been going a couple years at homeschooling education to help people uh 
do their own educating. Never before has it been easier to do home education because of YouTube and all the curriculum, and you can pick up some of the best teachers in the world on YouTube. Okay, we're going to be uh, taking a quick break. You'll hear some clips right now, and then I'll be right back. important battle, the battle for future generations. If we do not win this battle, nothing else will matter. Nothing, none of the arguments, nothing will matter if these kids grow up and they belong to the system, America will fall. I am passionate right now in speaking to mothers and in speaking to fathers and telling you guys that the time is now to pull your kids out. Bring your children back home. They will learn more in your household. I don't care how you have to organize. I promise you, you can do it. Organize with people down the street. Pull your children out of these indoctrination camps. Save the children. Save the future generation. And you will save America in the process. Parents of America, this is something you need to hear from a former public school teacher. In my district, there was a teacher that called home and used the new pronoun and name that was being used on the school campus. This child had changed their gender at school, and when the teacher called home, they used the new pronoun and name. The parent did not recognize who that child was and had no idea that their name and pronouns were changed at school. Because of this incident, our administration instructed us to not tell parents when a child changes their pronouns or changes their gender at school. And considering that they are pushing on our kids the idea that there are 50 plus genders, this is alarming. It's time to pull your kids from public schools. I opened my own online school to help you do that. You can check it out at thinkexodus.org. Hello, this is Lucy from Dunstable Doctor Surgery. Apart from not being able to use the online consultation system and having to call us here, what seems to be the problem? You have a what? A red and itchy anus. Mm. Can I take your name? Hilary. Date of birth? Mm. And address. 32 Broad Church Lane. So Hillary, 32 Broadchurch Lane, you have a red and itchy anus, just saying that a little bit louder for the deaf ones at the back. What colour would you say your itchy anus is, Hillary? Mm, can you send us a picture? Have you taken a picture of your anus? Let me get the colour reference chart. Have you got your Pantone colour reference chart handy? What sort of red would you say it is, Hillary? Mm, well, looking at the picture, I'd say 32C. You've only got Farrow and Ball. Mm? Posh, firebrand red, farrow and ball, firebrand red. Okay, and you're bleeding from the arse. Mm. All over the sheets. Have you tried fairy non-biological? Oh, you want a cure? Mm. Well, I can get you an appointment, uh, Hilary. That would be the eighth of August. 
Yeah, no, no, no. 8th of August, 2023. Yeah, I know. Be dead by then. I know. One less for us to worry about. OK, you're going to leave it. OK, good luck with your red, itchy, bleeding anus. Yeah, OK. That neighbourhood really was just poor black and poor white. And uh, so I hear a lot about white privilege and I'm like, man, miss that. <laughs> I mean, I knew some with sweaters, okay? Don't get me wrong, you know? But I was two tank tops in the winter. And my black friends would get mad at me, man. Like, man, look what you did to us, man. Look what you did to us. Like, bro, do you think I would do all that shit and move right next door, bro? Now, we gonna split these plums or not, man? And we're down here together, dude. You think I took all your shit and just don't have it? Somebody else has both of our shit. And they're watching us fight over it. Well, the honking talks in Texas are my natural second home. Where you tip your hat to the ladies and the rose of San Antonio. I grew up on music we call Western Swain. It don't matter who's in Austin, but wheels is still the king. Lou Benninger here, and we're at our second segment, and I just want to start mentioning some of the people that make the world go around for us. I saw a post on uh, Facebook with my friends who are a fired uh, firefighter from San Francisco because he wouldn't take the jab. So one of his friends was also a fired firefighter from uh, San Francisco, and he's from up in Nevada County, and he started a junk-moving and garbage-moving operation cleanup property cleanup operation up there and is doing real well so my friends here the burroughs family ira and gina have started ysjunkangel.com and they, they there was a picture of them at a messed up building and they were cleaning it all up and it's thought okay they got a job great they're off and running so they started this business called ysjunkangel.com and you can reach them at 530-329-3113 that's 329-3113 if you have any hauling off you, you have appliances you need to haul off or big furniture uh, or whatever or you need to clean up a building you just bought or maybe bought some property and people have been dumping on it they will help you clean it up they're, they said they're changing the world I think cleaning up one property is at, at, at a time so uh, check them out also friend of mine uh, that served uh, heroically uh, overseas as a Marine and uh, now has been back in a number of years and he's he uh, has been driving truck down in Texas thinking about moving to Texas but he lives up here in Loma Rica Northern California and he's got Billy's excavator and backhoe service and little Billy's excavator and backhoe service his name's uh, Israel Garcia or Izzy Garcia uh, he's a patriot. Uh, he served our country with honor, and he's a wonderful guy, honest guy, and a hard worker. And he will, uh, if you need fire breaks made, ponds, septic systems, footings, ditches, roads, culverts, whatever you need, he's got an excavator and backhoe. They got it going on. And you could reach him. Uh, you can text him at or call him at 530 300 
These are really great people, served our country. Um, Ira has been serving in emergency medical services for like over 20 years, I think. And, And now he's had a change because of COVID. Lots of people have, right? So I wanted to mention this again this week because I looked up and got more details on it because I think it's going to affect a lot of people. So I mentioned last week because Chris Ann Hall had posted this about healthcare workers. They settled a COVID-19 shot mandate suit for $10.3 million. <clears throat> well, the Liberty Council uh, fought that, and uh, that's the first uh, lawsuit. It still has to be approved by a judge, but the jury awarded these 500 current and former healthcare workers for the North Shore University Health Systems. Um, they awarded the bunch of them $10.3 million. And uh, there weren't, there wasn't a lot of details about it, so I thought I would fill in a few details because a lot of you, in fact, there's people I know personally that have been fired, like Ira Burroughs. And in San Francisco, they fired all police officers. I don't know about sheriff's deputies, but they fired police officers and firefighters that would not take the jab. Now, many people have been fired or let go or put on administrative leave from Adventist Health. People applied for uh, the military. We got Beale Air Force Base here in our backyard. People applied for uh, religious exemptions, various types of exemptions and been rejected. So um, anyway, 500 current and former workers who were denied religious exemptions uh, to the COVID-19 vaccine, their board and, and were discriminated against, right? That's what this is about. Remember in in America, you can't discriminate against people. People do it, but there's laws against it. The settlement documents were filed on July 29. It's in Illinois. The North shore will pay $10,337,500 as compensation for healthcare workers who were victims of religious discrimination and who were punished for their religious beliefs. Now I have a, a people like bus driver. I have a bus driver, Mona Murphy, and she worked for faithfully. She was loved by her, her students that rode her bus and she worked faithfully for Marysville joint unified was unceremoniously jerked around And she is a victim of religious persecution because she don't want to take the jab or go through all the the nonsense of of the COVID rules. So according to Liberty Council, this is a historic first-of-a-kind class action settlement for a private employer uh, denying religious exemptions for the COVID-19 vaccines. Now, also, there's a guy that I, I know, he and his wife, and he was one of the lead custodians at Oroville High School. He also... Uh, was dismissed over the COVID vaccines. Um, So it says the settlement needs approval by the judge, as I mentioned. As part of the deal, North Shore will change its no religious accommodation policy to make it consistent with the law. You see what I said? These these big institutions just thought, oh, yeah, there's a law, but we're not going to follow it because we're into COVID. So North Shore is going to be consistent with the law and provide religious accommodation in every position across its numerous facilities. No position in any North Shore facility will be considered off limits to unvaccinated employees with approved religious exemptions. Also, folks who are fired due to declining the COVID-19 shots will be eligible for rehire and they will keep their prior seniority status according to the settlement agreement north shore 
will maintain an exemption process for workers to apply for, and the exemption process will also be made available to new applicants. For workers who are granted an exemption, North Shore will conduct an accommodation review based on the individual circumstances, including their role and work and workplace setting accommodations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The amount of money people got. Uh, so those were, were fired or resigned due to religious re- refusal. The vaccines will get about $25,000 each. And healthcare workers who took the shot, in other words, they stuck around and took the shot, um, despite their objections, will get about 3000 So if you didn't, like, walk away, but you hung in there and took the shot, unfortunately, you're only going to get $3,000. The 13 health care workers who were the lead plaintiffs will get another 20000 for their role in bringing the lawsuit and representing the class, da-da-da. Liberty Council will receive, uh, that talks about how much they're going to get the lawyers. Um, so, um, again, Matt Staver, founder and chamber, he might be a familiar name. He is to me because they file a lot of civil liberty lawsuits where religious liberties are violated said this class-wide settlement provided compensation and opportunity to return to work is the first of its kind in the nation involving covid shot mandates now chris ann hall who is an attorney but more more importantly she's a one of the best educators on the constitution in the country has said this is a huge which obviously it's huge she said this is huge all caps bold she said, this is bigger than the SCOTUS opinion, in my opinion. And so um, this this is going to lead the way to suing Adventist Health, to suing your local government, to suing the school systems, and getting your jobs back and getting money uh, because of the loss that you've sustained. So remember Matt Staver, founder and chairman. It may only take a a couple letters from these guys now because they got precedent back in Illinois, and these guys are a national operation. Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Uh, He says it's especially significant and gratifying that the first class-wide COVID settlement protects health care workers. Healthcare workers are heroes who daily give their lives to protect and treat their patients. They are needed now more than ever. Liberty Council's mission is to advance religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, and the family through litigation and education. They rely on public support, etc., etc. They have a website if you want to donate to them. They're a nonprofit. Okay? So, how does this work up here? So, my understanding is law enforcement up here, police, sheriff, did not insist upon people getting the jab. Unfortunately, some of them on their own went out and got the jab and lost and then lost their health over it. It's tragic. It's truly tragic. Um, so, but my understanding on fire, fire departments up here, I talked to one chief and I've talked to other people did not insist upon the COVID injections. And so none of that's a, in uh, involved schools are a different story up here i think in northern california uh except when you get down to maybe in sacramento they may have uh messed around with law enforcement and fires they certainly did in the bay area and they certainly did in los angeles southern california so hopefully there'll be some lawsuits against the government and against schools for ripping off people all the way from janitors 
One of my friends, a janitor, is one of the top custodians at Orville High. And then we have Mona Murphy, who is a uh, bus driver who st- runs into people around town. Hey, Mona, where you been? How come you're not driving my bus? Like, what's up, girl? And um, so people got jerked around. You know, it's interesting about all these laws that have been passed for for uh, employment rights and lack of uh, discrimination, gender discrimination, racial, ethnic discrimination, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? OSHA rules, not forcing people to not force people to wear masks and all that nonsense. All that just went by the wayside. You know why? Because unless you're willing to fight for your rights, you have no rights. You think, oh, well, I have, you know, I got rights. No, you don't. If you're just going to talk trash and you're not willing to go out there and throw down and get involved in this suit, you know why? Did you check out what I said? The people that resisted and got fired got 25,000 apiece. However, the the handful of people that threw down, they got an extra $20,000 on top of that. Why? Because they probably went out and raised money and they probably did a lot of legwork to make it easier for these people. So the people that stand up and stand up and scrap and file the lawsuit and do all the all the heavy lifting, and all the spade work to get the thing going, they got rewarded. So they got 45000 apiece. There was a handful, 13 healthcare workers. Now, many of you healthcare workers that are, I don't know all the institutions, but I was involved talking to people that were involved in Adventist Health. Now, the other thing that Adventist Health needs to be sued over is the fact that they're forcing people to take the jab or take a, a current test, which is nonsense, and wear a mask. And all of them are total uh, horrible for your health. There's not one of those three things that are positive for your health. And they are forcing you to do that. Otherwise, you cannot go in and see your loved one. I don't care whether that's your wife. You, you've lived with her many, many, many years. And they're dying or they're struggling to survive. They will not let you in. It's total craziness. It's barbaric. In fact, it's your child. And they're going to light flight that kid out and this and that and the other thing. They will not let you in. And I've talked to one person after another that are furious about Adventist Health. And it's going to take a class action suit against the entire Adventist Health is all over the place. And there's other big uh, franchise, not franchises, but uh, massive corporations that have outlets all over the place. In fact, I, I got operated on by Adventist Health over in uh, St. Helena. I got, got a new knee. And they were wonderful. They treated me. This was all pre-COVID. I have no idea what they're doing over there now. But these people here locally have lost their minds. So I'm telling you, got a hold of Matt Staver, Liberty Council, very C-O-U-N-S-E-L, Council, Liberty Council. Just look it up. There's a website. Send them an email. I've sent some people to Pacific Justice Institute who's with the founder instead of Matt Staver. It's Brad Dacus. Um, D-A-C-U-S and I don't know whether they've they've made any headway but they've been filing lawsuits nationally and they were started here on the west coast uh, but they're now national as well but I don't know that they're taking any of these employment lawsuits yet so there's all kinds of information there's no reason for anybody that isn't totally blinded you know the bible says there'll be a time when people people have eyes but they can't see 
and people have ears, but they cannot hear. They're not talking about people that are physically blind or deaf. They're talking about people that something, there's a, a veil over their mind. There's a deception over their mind. And there are people that have bought into this COVID thing, hook, line, and sinker. And they're, as, as uh, just to put it simply, they're deceived. And when you're deceived, uh, you can think you're driving to Oakland to see the Oakland A's, but uh, you're on your way to some other city. You're just, you, you're deceived. You've got, you got wrong facts. And so right now we're having people, and now it's, it's entered uh, a lot of, not mainstream news, but it's all over. People dying, people having strokes, people having blood clots in various parts of their body, uh, people uh, having myocarditis, periocarditis, those are uh, inflammation and trouble with your heart. We have young people. I, I, have been, I, I have been around a long time. I went, I've gone, played sports. I've been, I've coached sports. I've been around uh, sports and, uh, you know, we got a small community here, a few hundred thousand. And I have, uh, in all the years, I've been close to watch youth sports, heard about youth sports, coach youth sports. I have seen one or two children die of a heart problem. They just were running down the field and dropped dead. And that was from Marfan syndrome. And that was from a defect of their heart when they were born. And uh, of the, I think the lining of the heart. But this COVID is killing all kinds of young people. And when I say young people, I'm not only talking about teenagers and younger, but also people that aren't even 40 years old. I could consider the young people. So uh, there's a bunch of doctors. Hold on to your hat. There are a bunch of doctors dying in Canada. So this one lady who is a marathon, a marathoner, she died four days after she collapses while swimming. Um, and uh, let me just tell about these doctors. And they're saying, oh, it has nothing to do with COVID. Oh, <laughs> really? And, you know, it's amazing how they deny anything has to do with COVID. But, but before the shot, everything had to do with COVID. You had a runny nose, COVID. You got shot in the head, COVID. You got hit by a truck, you died of COVID, right? Um, you choked on a hot dog. Oh, you, you died of COVID. It just, everything was COVID. Now nothing's COVID, right? In a tragic turn of events, Dr. Candace Naiman, 27 year old triathlete, resident doctor at McMaster Children's Hospital, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, collapsed while swimming. Four days, uh, after the incident, she passed, she died. Uh, comes less than two weeks after the deaths of four other physicians up there in Canada. Dr. Candace was the fifth Greater Toronto. This is Greater Toronto area. Five physicians. I, can you imagine Greater Toronto? Okay, how about when is the last time you heard of five physicians dropping dead in L.A. overnight or San Francisco or Sacramento for those of you who are hanging out in California? The Gateway Pundit. It's so, so amazing. The mainstream media, you think you're going to hear it there? You're not. The Gateway Pundit was the first to report that Dr. Paul Han Hannum, the chief of emergency medicine and program medical director at North, New, North York, not New York, North York General Hospital, this is in Canada, died unexpectedly while out, well, out for a run. This guy's in top-notch health. He's out for a jog. Uh, he claimed... Claimed that they're claiming the hospital up there, the tragic death of Dr. Hanman, was, it didn't have anything to do with COVID or the vaccination of any kind. All these people were vaccinated people. 
The chief medical strategy officer at Mount Sinai Hospital, Howard Owens, announced the passing of Dr. Hannum by, by Twitter. Anyway, on Thursday, Gateway Pundit reported the deaths of three physicians at Canada's Trillium Health Partnership, Mississauga Hospital, who died unexpectedly all in the same week. Don't you think that's a coinkadink? The three physicians who died the same week after Dr. Hannum were Dr. Lawrence Siegel on July 17th, Dr. Stephen McKenzie, July 18th, and Dr. Jacob Sawicki on July 21. What do you think? The mafia shooting them? According to the nurse who leaked the memo, it's so amazing, we're living in communist countries. We have to have people leak stuff to find out the truth for the average citizen. We got government leaking stuff all the time, right? To try to take down some government person they don't like, dirty dogs. Like they leaked, they were, there was, remember the days of every single day there was a leak on the Trump administration. So many corrupted people in that, in the deep state. So now we have to, according to the nurse who leaked the memo, the three doctors reportedly died after the hospital started mandating the fourth COVID shot for their employees. But it had nothing to do with COVID. But they all just took the fourth shot. I don't know whether you call those boosters. I guess you call them boosters, right? Dr. Sawicki, McKenzie, Siegel were respected physicians, da-da-da, nice guys, great docs, all that kind of stuff. Kind of weird, right? But there's people dying everywhere. Do you think you're? Do you think anybody's making a big deal about it? Nope. That's going to take alternative media to make, make a big deal about it. We'll be right back. we got to start in our third segment. Goldberg had to apologize for defaming Turning Point USA because there was fake Nazis protesting out in front of the event that they just had two weekends ago. And I don't think her apology is good enough, so I think she needs to do it again. Hi, I'm Whoopi Goldberg, and I just want to apologize for calling those young people Nazis that were at that Turning Point Klan rally. My bad. Yeah, I don't think it was good enough. I was asked to reply to a comment, what do I think of people who refuse the vaccine, the COVID vaccine? Um, I've been hurt by the Pfizer vaccine. I have CIDP, chronic inflammation demyelination polyneuropathy. It's changed my life completely. If I had to do it all over again, I would have never got the vaccine. Um, I do work in healthcare. So I do work with patients. So where I work, we were told, you know, if you get the vaccine, you'll save lives. You won't get sick. You won't die. The media was saying the same thing. So I believed it. Um, my friends that didn't get the vaccine, I thought, how could you not get it? You're going to go home. What if you spread it? What if you have it? You don't know it and you give it to your family members. The worst case scenarios were playing out in my head because of what I was seeing inside the facility. 
we would have cookouts and things like that with my friends. I had a lot of friends that are unvaccinated and they still aren't vaccinated. We'd have cookouts and at first I was scared to go go there because I thought, oh my gosh, what if they're spreading COVID? It was like the dumbest thing I've ever thought of now that I think of it. Um, and once I started hanging out with them and things, they weren't getting sick. And the ones that did get sick, they got COVID lightly. They were back on their way. I had already gotten my vaccine. I had already started having issues and seeing a neurologist. I totally have changed my mind. They were the smart ones. They were the ones that didn't wear the masks. They were the ones that hung around each other and <laughs> never caught it, never spread it. Some of the ones did get vaccinated because of their jobs. <laughs> but the ones that aren't, I totally commend you and I wish I was one of you. I think very highly of you. And I'm up upset with myself. No job is worth it. No job. <laughs> so there's my answer. Fox News alert, major breaking developments in the Paul Pelosi DUI case. Just hours before tomorrow's hearing, primetime has received a series of significant leaks from Napa County officials that paint an entirely different picture than what we've been told happened that night. And we were right. There were a series of injuries involved, serious ones. Both cars were totaled. There were drugs involved, not just alcohol. And Paul did hand cop something that wasn't his driver's license. And just today, on the eve of the hearing, the judge has been replaced in a blatantly corrupt move. Wait until you hear about this new judge. Let's go through this step by step. Remember they refused to hand over the mugshot and the body cam footage? Well, we know why. Court documents now show Papa Pauly P was absolutely plastered. And that, quote, his eyes appeared red and watery. He was unsteady on his feet. His speech was slurred. And he had a strong odor of alcoholic beverage emanating from his breath. But it wasn't just a little Chardonnay Pauly was sipping on that night. The report goes on to say that Pelosi was under the influence of an alcoholic beverage and a drug. And he failed several field sobriety tests, miserably. This report has shed some light onto the injuries of the victim as well. These injuries were much more severe than we were told. Originally, they said there were no injuries. And then it was, oh, no, you know, these injuries aren't that serious. Well, the victim is reported the day after the collision, quote, pain to his upper right arm, right shoulder and neck. It was also difficult to lift things with his right arm, and he was suffering from headaches and from fatigue and is being treated by a physician. Remember, District Attorney Allison Haley, hey, Allie, her entire justification for charging Pauly with a misdemeanor instead of a felony is that the injuries, she said, were not serious. Now we know they are serious. 
Primetime sort of sarcastically speculated that Pauly P, remember, tried to bribe law enforcement with, like, cash or whatever after the crash. But we weren't that far off. When asked to hand over his driver's license, instead, Papa Pauly P fumbled around and then handed them a donor card <laughs> specifically for the California Highway Patrol. In other words, implying, hey, guys, I'm a donor. And I can be an even bigger donor if we can, you know, work this out. Was Pelosi so drunk he thought the donor card was his driver's license or was he trying to grease the cops? We don't know. And just so you know, this California Highway Fund accepts donations in stocks. Seriously. Which is a coincidence because Paul has a few shares he's trying to unload. The timing's actually perfect for tax purposes, of course. Now, this is the type of information we'd expect to learn in the defendant's court hearing. But you will not hear any of this tomorrow. Why? They have banned all cameras from the courtroom. And they've prohibited recordings of the live feed that goes out. But that's just where the cover-up begins. Are you ready? Because what also happened today, the night before the hearing, the presiding judge has mysteriously stepped down. And a new judge has been quickly installed. So who's this new judge? You're not going to believe this. Her name is Monique Langhorn. And she's a registered Democrat whose previous job, are you ready? She used to work for the Napa County DA's office. Does Judge Langhorn have any experience in criminal cases? No. This would be her first. <laughs> and it gets better. Guess who donated to this judge's campaign? The assistant DA who's going to be prosecuting the case tomorrow. And, and our friend Allie, the DA, Allison Haley. Hey, Allie. <laughs> what? She's very well connected. She was appointed to a special advisory board by Gavin Newsom, too. So, I mean, this, this is totally deck stacking, if I've ever seen it. How can we expect a fair trial here when the judge and the prosecutors are all politically on the same side as the defendant, financially connected? There's a family connection we've told you about, too. Can you say rigged? Look, we get it. Paul's married to a California bigwig. He and Nancy are Golden State royalty. Well, I was driving down the road the other day, and there was, you know, uh, Thrifty Rooter has these just white bands. Some of the rigs are white bands. And so I don't know all the employees at Thrifty Rooter, right? I know the, the folks who own Thrifty Rooter. And um, so that's the Artemiko family. So I'm driving down. I'm coming at them. They're coming at me. And as I drive by, I was going to just nod to the guy, and he waved at me. I thought, oh, maybe they know I'm promoting the business and they uh, they know what car I drive. But I just want to give a shout out to Thrifty Rooter. They are everywhere, night and day, every day of the week, even on holidays. Thrifty Rooter will come to your location and solve your problem. Man, when you've got plumbing problems, it's stressful because plumbing affects everything. 
So you can give Thrifty Rooter a call. It's 530-673-8201, 673-8201, and they will, uh, their dispatchers will get somebody on it. And, and some of you guys are out there in the boondocks, out on farms, ranches, up in the mountains, and you've got septic tanks, and you need some help, and maybe you need a thing pumped, or you need some, you know, you need, maybe you're an outfit that, has a lot of RVs and you have a dumping station and you need that pumped. They do all that. Thrifty Rooter does that. Plus they unplug your toilets. They run new lines. They new, run new water lines, sewage lines. They do everything. You can check it out, all the stuff they do at Thrifty Rooter. That's R-O-O-T-E-R, Thrifty net. And uh, they even have little guys that crawl inside your pipe and take a photo in there and go and take film, film the whole thing down there and tell you exactly that. Nobody's guessing. They're like doing a uh, exploratory surgery without costing you an arm and a leg, as someone once said. Thrifty Rooter or thriftyrooter.net. Give them a shout, 530-673-8201. You can look on their website and you decide if you don't want to call, you can just send them a message right off the website. Very simple. And uh, let me give a shout-out to All Power Services, my friends Will and Josh over there. And they have, I think they have a third or fourth employee started over there. You can They'll fix anything you have from big rig, tractor-trailer rig, all the way down to a off, off-road motorcycle, dirt bike, to weed eaters and chainsaws. They, they do all kinds of things. And you can check them out at All Power Services. That's uh, 530-844-0347. You can text or call 844-0347 or 1469 Stewart Road, Yuba City. That's just south of the center part of the city off Highway 99. Or you can email them at allpower1469 at gmail.com, allpower1469 at gmail. And and uh, you can send them a photo or something. If you're concerned, oh, I don't know where they'll fix it, just send them a photo. Or you could text them a photo. They'll tell you what they can do. Uh, those boys can fix anything, and they'll make stuff. These guys are super fabricators. They know how to weld. They know they got all the certificates of all the special welding. They're not practicing. They got it down. So they'll fix you up. Okay, let's get back to it. Here we got uh, 16 minutes or so left. I want to talk for a minute about we. You know, I've worked in totalitarian countries, uh, communist countries for. Uh, since the 90s i've been in and out of communist countries and i've observed things going on in those countries and they crush Uh, actually the first time i went to china was right after tiananmen square and that was before the internet was available to people or cell phones uh the tiananmen square i think was in 1989 and it was amazing that in this billion person country that even though they mowed down thousands of students at uh, what they call a Tiananmen Square, not Red Square, that would be over in Russia, Tiananmen Square, that's where the uh, the uh, Forbidden City comes off of Tiananmen Square. Some of their government buildings are there. It's up in Beijing. And uh, they got fed up with students protesting for freedom, and they, they mowed them down with, tract- with uh, not tractors, but tanks and flamethrowers, burned them up, shot them, imprisoned some and the rest of china just went on like nothing happened they just uh crushed the information you couldn't find out anything so over the years uh people there were foreign uh correspondents there in fact i have a large photo of what they call the uh 
what do they call it? The uh, there's a man that's standing in front of a line of of track of uh, tanks coming down the street, and he's resisting. And I got a picture of that. And a guy took that out of a five or six story hotel room, and took a they, they call him the Tank Man. He's famous. You look up Tank Man, Google it, Duck Duck Go it, Tank Man. You'll see a picture that I have. I have a large photo of it, maybe like three feet by two and a half feet. Uh, and they also took films of of the the uh, massacre, and uh, so the reason I'm bringing that up is in totalitarian countries they put the kibosh on freedom of information. They don't trust the people to make good choices on their own. The reason is is they know that a lot of people would resist because they don't agree with government oppression. This is called communism and fascism. So uh, so when we saw, in fact, there's another article, I don't know whether I'll get to it or not, uh, talking about there's a lawsuit been filed against the, the government and the big tech, that's Google, that's Twitter, Facebook, all those people, that they colluded, they worked together to block correct information or any information, just any information about COVID, they colluded to control the flow of information on all those platforms. So if you posted something they didn't want to be out there, they scrubbed it. And probably some of you faced that. Got put in things called Facebook jail and all that kind of stuff. So recently, uh, well, recently, I mean, uh, probably in the last year, uh, Ron DeSantis, who is the governor of the state of Florida, former military vet, uh, he invited, uh, he was trying to sort out what policies he should have regarding COVID in his state. Because, you know, some states were shutting down like California, and they're mandating all this stuff, shutting down the schools, shutting down businesses, taking away businesses, causing people to lose their jobs, um, losing their education, Stand, you got to stand so far apart. So Ron DeSantis... Instead of just doing that, he got together some of the very top, uh, reg highly regarded, smartest uh, medical people in the country. And they had a panel discussion. And they, he got together Dr. Scott Atlas from Stanford University, Oxford epidemiologist Dr. Sunetra Gupta, and Harvard professor Dr. Martin Koldorf, and uh, professor Dr. Ajay Bhattacharya, or Bhattacharya, of Stanford. So he had two Stanford, one Oxford, and one Harvard, and they had a discussion about all the COVID issues, right? What should we do? What should our policies be? So uh, remember, Scott Atlas was the guy that left Stanford University because uh, he, he actually left to work, help Trump with uh, Dr. Burks and Fauci, and was ostracized by Redfield, Fauci, and Burks because he brought all this data that that uh, contradicted their policies, and they didn't like that because they their policies could not be backed up by data. They kept saying, "Oh, well, you, we're trusting the science." They didn't have any science, and now, uh, if you'll notice, and we talked about this last week, Dr. Burks has now written a book, and she now said, "We didn't have the science; we were making it up as we went along." So these four uh, professors, and not just professors, but highly regarded professors in their occupation, 
they got together and they filmed a uh, discussion about all the COVID policies. And uh, YouTube put the kibosh on it and removed their video. Now, that's one thing when you have a person with no credentials and they just go off shooting from the hip and say things that are dangerous. These guys, uh, their threat was the truth. They were bringing the truth to the problem where the people that were being paid to be the leaders in the medical community in the United States, Fauci, Collins, uh, Redfield, Burks, those people were paying were liars, and they lied repeatedly. And uh, once, once these peop- when these people said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're doing the wrong thing here. And I have friends here in the local area that, that didn't go public but said to me, everything that's being done is doing everything. Every, every, do you hear what I said? All. All, the, all is all that means. All. All that was prescribed by Dr. Fong Lu, Dr. Mengele Lu, the Nazi doctor that is over Yuban Sutter County. Everything, all she said to do was corrupting and bad for the health of our people. Right? So the clip was posted on YouTube by American Institute of, for Economic Research. Uh, and now you can go to their website. If you want to see it, you can go to the website of American Institute for Economic Research, and you can look at the video I'm talking about. Now, these guys, I'm telling you, are the best of the best internationally, right? They're not the only ones. They're just really, really good. So here's what Facebook said or YouTube said. We removed AIER's video because it included content that contradicts the consensus of local and global health authorities. Now, the the consensus is they're liars and they're all making money off COVID and they know that it's going to kill people, their prescription to stop COVID, supposedly. COVID isn't dangerous. It isn't dangerous. And all they, they made it sound dangerous by people who were dying of other things anyway and they had COVID cells in their body. They may not even been sick from COVID. So they question, they, they, this is a statement from YouTube. They question the consensus of local and global authorities regarding the efficacy of masks to prevent spread of COVID. There's nobody in the world that's saying masks is going to do that. There's no science. Lots of people, some of these people are saying it, Couchy said, why don't you wear two masks, right? Three masks. We allow videos that otherwise violate our policies to remain on the platform if they contain sufficient educational, documentary, scientific, or artistic content. Our policies apply to everyone and focus on content regardless of the speaker or channel. These people are liars. They're going to get sued, and they were colluding with the government, and they took millions and millions of dollars to put out propaganda. The YouTube censors didn't like an exchange in which Koldorf, Martin Koldorf of Harvard, responded to a question by DeSantis. And here's what he said. Koldorf said children should not wear face masks. No. Uh, And they went on and said they don't need it for their own protection and they don't need it for protecting other people either, the Harvard epidemiologist said. Stanford's Bhattacharya said it is developmentally inappropriate. That means it's bad for them, for children to wear masks, and it just doesn't help on the disease spread. 
I think it's absolutely not the right thing to do, the Stanford professor said. Bhattacharya said that if we went back a year, a lot of experts would say that wearing masks for the general public is not evidence-based. In other words, there's no science. Later, Scott Atlas from Stanford said there's no scientific rationale or logic to have children wear masks in school. This is nonsense, and the fact is YouTube did not want to let the public hear. It isn't just somebody. They did not want any alternative view to be held. Now, that's true, and that's the fear-mongering. That's the paranoia that you see in China, Vietnam, Laos, Cuba. They do not want anybody to say anything contrary to the government dictates. So one day I was on uh, uh, a social media site with some people I work with in Vietnam, and and a photo came. He sent me a photo, and he says, see this lady right here? And I said, yeah, and he, he said, yeah, we were helping her. Her husband was just arrested by the Vietnamese. And the husband happened to be a pastor, a village church pastor. And uh, so in, in Vietnam, basically, there's government churches like in China, and then, then there's these illegal village churches. They're really not supposed to do it, but people meet in their homes and in huts and all kinds of things. So I said, oh, what, why'd they arrest him? Because he posted uh, a, a Facebook statement asking why the Vietnamese people couldn't have more freedom. And they put him in jail. They put him in prison. No like trial. It, it's just like they, they, they just held the trial without him and, uh, and put him in prison. Now, the World Health Organization's guidance, this is crazy. This, you know the guy that runs the health organi- World Health Organization, that Ethiopian guy? You know that guy doesn't have anything medical. He, he's a communist. What he is is an is a insurgent type guy down in Ethiopia. He is not a doctor. And uh, what is Tedros? I think his first name is Tedros, right? The WHO guidance says children age five and under don't need to wear masks. It recommends that children between the ages of six and 11 wear them. This is total nonsense. They just make this stuff. They sit around having a beer and came up with some uh, parameters. Children 12 and older should wear a mask under the same conditions as adults. This is total nonsense. So YouTube, what I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the media is controlling what you're watching. Have they always done that somewhat? Yep, they always have done that somewhat. But never have there's been such a total buyout of the media and they've just paid them to say what they want. It's like paying a woman to prostitute for you. Normally she wouldn't do that. She would have relations with someone she liked, partner of some sort, a married partner, whatever. But sometimes there's people that take control over other people and they pay them and control them and tell them what to say and do. And that's called a prostitute. And that's what's going on here with our uh, media. And and they list all of them. They have them all on. Uh, they They have subpoenaed. And did Freedom of Information Act requests, that's called FOIA requests, and got the information, and now they know uh, that there was collusion going on. And the, the idea was to minimize or stop or curtail the freedom of information for the American public so they would just do whatever they were told by Dr. Fauci and Burks and all the rest of them. Uh, okay. 
So let me go on down here. It says Gupta, Koldorf, and Bhattacharya were part of a panel last September hosted by DeSantis that informed the governor on the COVID-19 policy. The three also published a petition in October called the Great Barrington Declaration. You can look this all up, which has been signed by nearly 14,000 medical and public health scientists that disagree with what's been happening to us. It states that, it infe- that as infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental impacts of prevailing COVID-19 policies and recommend an approach we call focused protection. That means allowing the healthy to go about their business while focusing on protecting the vulnerable, like a sick 70-year-old or 80-year-old or somebody that has cancer. In the panel discussion, DeSantis last September, they argued for the age-targeted strategy. Contending lockdowns only made the pandemic much worse. Koldorf insisted universities can hold in-person classes almost normally with very little risk, and there's no need for testing on campus. Do you realize that many kids could not go back to the universities to finish their degrees without taking the jab? I talked to them. I've talked to them, said it made them so sick. Uh, DeSantis asked the professor of locking down the society as a whole actually could increase risk to the elderly population. Noting the CDC indicates a survival rate of 99.997 for ages 0 to 19. And anyway, it the, the worst case scenario is a person over 70, which would be me. And I still have a 94.6% survival rate. Coldor said, yes, contending that a total lockdown extends the time it takes to reach herd immunity. Herd immunity is what always happens with any illness where enough people get it, and it, some don't even, they get it and don't even get sick. They just have it in their system, but their immune system creates antibodies, antibodies. And so pretty soon, it just, the whole, the whole plague, whatever you want to call it, runs its course. Bhattacharya emphasized the sharp difference in mortality rate for young people, pointing out it's lower than the seasonal flu. You know, every year, 80 million people uh, die, or 80,000 people die of the flu, not 80 million, 80,000 in America. That's just kind of average. You know how many died uh, last year in 2021 because of the flu? Hardly any, because they all called it COVID. A study by researchers at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland concluded school closures and isolation of younger people were would increase the total number of deaths, albeit postponed to a second and sub subsequent waves. We've been scammed, defrauded, ripped off, caused to go broke and killed by these crazy Frankenstein scientists. Be right back. You got a lot I knew. I say you are my friend. When I Dr. Wuhan here.
from the Institute of BS. And as you will know, President Biden has been reinfected with COVID. He has tested positive again. We're working on a number of theories. Uh, number one is that due to his Alzheimer's, he forgot that he had COVID and so he's got it again. So we'll see if he remembers that he had it twice this time. The second theory is that uh, he's only been double jabbed and triple boosted. And perhaps if he'd been boosted again, he may have resisted it. What we can say for certain is that it would have been worse if he hadn't had the quadruple boosters that he's had. And finally, uh, final theory is that the Chinese installed him thinking he'd be a bit shit, but they didn't realise he would be quite as shit as this. So now even they have to get rid of him. OK, more as we know it. Thank you. They want you to eat bugs. What to feed our ever-expanding world? Insects. They could feed the world. Healthy. They're full of polyunsaturated fat, protein, and micronutrients. And sustainable. I'm Nicole Kidman. And I am going to eat a four-course meal of bugs. And they want you to eat these bugs inside a massive prison system that sees humanity as a cancer upon the earth. For too long, humanity has existed within dysfunctional and polluted cities that ignore nature. Now, a revolution in civilization is taking place. Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint, designing to protect and enhance nature. The line will be home to 9 million residents and will be built with a footprint of just 34 square kilometers. And we are designing it to provide a healthier, more sustainable quality of life. The line's communities are organized in three dimensions. Residents have access to all their daily needs within five-minute walk neighborhoods. And the line's infrastructure makes it possible to travel end-to-end -end in 20 minutes with no need for cars, resulting in zero carbon emissions. It is all completely bizarre, but it's just the cover story for a massive depopulation agenda. The COVID-19 vaccines are destroying the recipient's reproductive and immune systems and killing people over time with mysterious structures growing within the vascular system. We are now seeing this all over the world, and it's just getting started. There is a whole cultural movement now emerging from the shadows that wants humanity to collectively commit suicide. This anti-human cult has been around for decades and outside of academia have had to tread quietly because much of humanity is opposed to mass murder. But now that we are in the midst of this cult's massive depopulation effort, they are coming out into the open to convince us that it would be best for most of us to die. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls, I want less on the planet. <laughs> the World Economic Forum has become the public domain of the anti-human cult's depopulation agenda. And all of pop culture is on board, from Hollywood to the Holy See. Our planet, uh, the utopia that we've been given, the overpopulation, their agenda is disguised as environmentalism so that all who oppose it now 
can be shamed. And when the mass starvation begins to overwhelm the population, the sentimental environmentalists can all be blamed. Because of course, this has nothing to do with the environment. Boris Johnson's father, Stanley Johnson, is a member of this cult. And he wrote that the world's population needs to be cut down to a more manageable number. And this is what it's all about, a more manageable number. Because these psychopaths see the rest of us as their property to manage and cull accordingly. But humanity still has a choice and we don't have to die in a prison death factory eating bugs. We could choose freedom, but time is running out. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. I'm serious. This one time racism saved my life, man. I was, I was on a plane. <laughs> I, I, was coming, I was coming from overseas, and uh, I don't know how this guy got a machine gun on the plane, but he stood up, man. He said, everybody, get on the f***ing ground. Nobody look at my face. <laughs> I started freaking out. Because he was Chinese, I was like, why is he talking like that? <laughs> he was screaming and crying. I was the only brother on the plane. Well, I, I thought I was the only brother. I looked over, there was one other black dude. He was from Nigeria. I, I looked over to him, he was looking right in my face, man. He didn't say two words to me, he just looked at me, he was like... <laughs> He didn't need to talk. I knew just what he was talking about. I looked right back at him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some white dudes on the front of the plane seen us. They were like, oh, my God. I think those black guys are going to try to save us. Mm-mm. <laughs> We were just communicating that we understood the situation. We were both seeing the same thing. What we understood was simple. Terrorists don't take black hostages. That's the truth. I have yet to see one of us on the news reading the hostage letters. Um, mm. They is treating us good. Uh, we all chilling. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Ray Ray and Big Steve and uh, Jason Newport. You're not going to see it. And terrorists are smart. They know what they're doing there, you know. they terrorists. They know black people's bad bargaining chips. They called the White House. Hello? We have got five blood. Hello. couple other people that help us stay around. I, uh, let's see. Let me mention Allen's Auto Body. They're the ones that put my Honda Element back on the road. They fixed a number of things on that car. Fixed the door for me. Put new headlights in the in the thing. They were all funky. And uh, 
finally got I got a little got in a fight with a big rig and they fixed the front of it all painted it put new parts on it looks brand new fixed the uh the sound guys truck that works with me on the radio show alice auto body they got it going on kevin and carrie clark over there at tea garden at sutter street in yuba city really easy when you drive by even if you don't know the address you'll see it that's the place it's bright canary yellow and it's you can call them at 530-671-1057 to swing in there and get an estimate or whatever you want to talk about. 530-671-1057. Just down the street from them is uh, Nelly Garcia at North Valley Paralegal. I just referred a couple people there this week. 751 Sutter Street. They're within probably 50 feet, 100 feet, something like that of... Uh, Allen's Auto Body at 751 Sutter Street. You can reach her at Del. She'll do all your legal, take care of all your legal affairs with kindness. She's pleasant. She's honest, passionate about getting things done well and winning her case. 530-751-9289, 751-9289. Dr. Joe Cassidy and I are working together on helping people not die before they're due. Everybody's going to die sometime, right? But lots of people are dying way before the time that they're due to die. They're young people, and we don't like that. And uh, so we're Dr. Cassie is not only just a regular doctor that does all kinds of stuff, family practitioner, but he also is a specialist with addicts and likes to work with addicts to get them their life back, get them control back. So uh, we just uh, we've been working together, and I just found out this week we applied. The Church of Glad Tidings, we applied for, um, be a part of the Naloxone, Naloxone uh, program, which is uh, which is uh, what we call Narcan, where you can squirt it up a person's nose if they overdose, and you could start them up again. And um, so we uh, applied a few weeks ago to that program and got uh, re- received or uh, got the okay to be a part of the program, and they're going to send us 100 and 80 prescriptions, I call them, or some people call them subscriptions, uh, prescriptions to Narcan. So uh, that haven't, hasn't arrived yet, but one of the things you can do is save a person's life if somebody's down with an opiate overdose. You can squirt the Narcan in their nose and jumpstart them. So if you have any kind of addiction issues from cigarettes on up to methamphetamine, cocaine, any kind of the, the really toxic drugs, uh, you can call Peachtree Health. The number is 530-749-3242, 749-3242. you got to go through all the, you know, if, if you want Afghan, if you want Farsi, press 8. If you want to speak in tongues, press 9. you got to go through that. Try to work through it. Ask for Dr. Cassidy. That's who you want. And don't take no for an answer. Just say, hey, I, I need to come to him for addiction issues. If for some reason you can't get through, you can always text him. You can text him during the day. Don't call him, but text him during the day, not at night. During the day, just text him once, 530-682-8648. Just give him your name in the text and addiction, need help with addiction. If all else fa- fails, just call me up. And you, can, like I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I don't care when you call. And I have people call me quite regularly, 530-713-1838, 713-1838, and we'll get you going, okay? We'll get you the help you need, and everybody doesn't need the same type of help. 
So uh, addicts aren't all the same. So we custom fit a plan to get people back on their feet and to get their life back. Uh, you can call me if you're the relative of somebody, but um, th- what we really need is the addicts to call us. But you, we can start out with just talking to you if that's that's helpful to you. But you're not going to be able to make appointments for people. Nobody's into that. Addicts need to step out and do something. Then then we got something going on. I want to mention to you there's uh, a lot of uh, just like everything we've been hearing has been propaganda. And propaganda can be good propaganda or bad propaganda. When I t- when I say propagandized or propaganda, I mean lies, saying that something's not true. And uh, so now. We don't have an independent media that is a watchdog. What we have is a lapdog media. We got a media that's actually paid by the government to be their mouthpiece. That's what the media called Pravda used to be for the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic or the USSR, or we used to short it, shorten it, call it the Soviet Union. And the Pravda used to just say all kinds of nonsense, right? They'd tell the Russian people who barely, barely, barely had enough to eat. In fact, a lot of times the utilities didn't even work. And they'd tell them, oh, yeah, we're actually got it pretty good. You should see what it's like in America. Like, oh, horrible. So when Russians eventually got over here, like if they're traveling over here to compete in the Olympics or some kind of games or something, and they would see our cities, they would think, what in the world? So many of them would, would uh, defect. It would just get done playing their game and pack up their stuff in the hotel room and sneak down to the embassy and ask for asylum. So same thing is going on with things like global warming. It's a complete lie. It's a complete lie. Uh, and the whole thing about green energy, green energy is far from green. It's dirty energy. If you want to call things dirty, bad, if dirty is bad. Green energy is way bad. It's actually worse than the dirty energy. I'm putting air quotes around this. It's Green energy is worse than fossil fuels energy. Although fossil fuels, the fossil fuel concept is that during the bajillion years that the earth has been here, things decayed, and instead of making compost, it made oil. Total nonsense. There's another total uh, scientific theory. I can't quote you the name of it because it's a new term to me. But the concept is that more and more oil is being generated all the time in the earth. Just because you don't know something doesn't mean it isn't true. (laughs) You don't know what you don't know. And so they're constantly finding more and more oil. And this whole thing of like, uh, we're not going to use any more oil. The reason is they want to eliminate the the bottom line is they can't make enough. I'm talking about the cabal that's running COVID and everything else. They can't make enough changes in the way they want to make them to control the earth. They want to eliminate 7 billion people off the earth. What? How did I ever hear that? Did I hear it on some remote channel somewhere I can't remember. No, no, no. It's printed in the Agenda 2021 and in Agenda 2030 where the United Nations and all the people behind the United Nations that don't like the United States, they want to eliminate. They think there's too many people on the earth and we're not going to try to clean up all the car exhaust and stop airplanes from flying around and do this and do that. The big, you know, you know what the, um, 
uh, I think it was the Environmental Protection said, you, they're, deep down in one of their documents, it said the way to change the environment is to quit using the environment. That means to stop people from farming. I want you to think about that for a minute. Our own government said the only way to stop what we want to stop is stop people from farming. What do you think's going on? Do you see it on the news? Danish farmers, people in the Netherlands, people in France, they're stopping people from farming. Now Canada is going to do the same thing. They're going to stop people from farming. What do you think that's going to do to your your food? Do you know they're talking about, and I don't know whether I'll have time to get to it, they're talking about eating bugs. They're already putting commercials out about eating bugs and eating humans. I, I know you're just going to think I'm totally off the wall. I'm talking, I'm telling you people are endorsing cannibalism. I told years ago in, in China, people don't even know this. People don't want to believe it. In China, they have a one child policy. You can have one and that they, they couldn't figure out how to produce enough food because communists can't grow food. They can't centrally manage things don't work. Think baby formula when I say this. You can't fill the shells when you're running it by the government. And so uh, the communist says the only way we can manage this population is to kill people. They've already been killing mil- billions of people. What, what's that look like? That means they are boarding them. And so... Uh, the Chinese have been eating humans for years. Babies. Just recently, their, uh, their society is so screwed up because they got way too many men. They don't have enough women to marry and procreate. So we have all these men that are farmers or whatever they do, and they don't they can't have a family because there aren't enough women to marry them because they killed off so many people. And a lot of families wanted they started to gender select. They didn't want women because in their culture, it's the boys that keep mom and dad and take care of them until they pass from this earth. They don't put people in rest homes over there. They the dads, the boys family takes care of the mom and dad. So they like girls, but they don't think girls because the girl's going to go with the other family when they marry. You get it? So they've totally screwed up the balance, the biological balance in their country. What I'm telling you is there are people that genocide and eugenics has been going on. You can see it in the Bible. They talk about it in the Bible. And you have to understand that's don't. If you try to put your mind around the rightness and the wrongness, the correctness or incorrectness of the science, you're just going to, that's the wrong way, wrong. There, there is no correctness about it. There, there isn't any global warming. There's cycles of heat and cooling, but, but it, it isn't like we're going to control. We can't even get a handle on the shootings in Chicago. How are we going to fix the c- climate? Right. So let me just give you an understanding. Why is PG&E's rates going crazy in California? Because they're forcing them to use green energy, which isn't green. It creates a lot more pollution than 
using oil or coal or water or whatever, whatever. Let me just give you an understanding. The U.S. This is the U.S. Energy Administration summary where we're getting our energy. 22% of electricity in the U.S. in 2021 came from coal-burning power plants. These are the same power plants that Obama shut down. That's 22% of all our energy, people. That's running hospitals. That's running factories. That's producing food. That's doing all kinds of stuff. Cooling, heating. 38% came from natural gas burning power plants. You know they're trying to eliminate natural gas from the state of California. They're going to stop building houses where they can take natural gas. So they want to eliminate coal. That's 22%. 38% from natural gas. That's 60% right there of all our energy. 19% from nuclear plants. Do you realize that they've, of the, they've, they've eliminated half the nuclear plants in California? Diablo Canyon down here in San Luis Obispo is online to be eliminated in the next couple of years. I mean, no nuclear. That's the cleanest en- energy that is. So that's 60% plus that's 79% of our energy sources. They don't like the green people, the environmental radicals. There's no way you can pull this off without eliminating 7 billion people. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. And 20% from U.S. Energy Administration's category called renewables. So in this case, we have wind, 9.2%. That's of energy. 2.8% solar. Oh, solar is going to be the solution. It's not doing anything. 2.8% of all the energy we use in, in the country. Hydro is producing 6.3%. We have environmentalists that want to remove all the dams. you got to have a dam to produce hydro. That means we have over 60% of our nation's electrical grid is powered by fossil fuels, what they call fossil fuels. They really aren't fossil fuels, though. They just they give it that ugly name. They made it, they've, they've labeled it, demeaned it, and now they just beat it into your brain. Oh, we with pollution. I, I I've lived here all my life in the in the uh, the North Valley. This valley, the air has never been cleaner from the time I I was paying attention to clean air. Never been cleaner. And you know the only problem with it now is we let the forest burn. If we didn't just let the forest burn and we don't clean up our forests and manage our forests, our our air you could see coast to coast. What I mean coast to coast is all the way from the Sierra Nevada mountain range all the way across the coast range. See clearly all the way across. Never, when I was a kid, you couldn't always do that. I'm telling you, it isn't about pristine environment. They want to get rid of people. They got a penchant, man, that, that they're going to eliminate people. And they're doing it through COVID. And they're doing it through the vaccines. I just watched a Tucker Carlson piece. Tucker Carlson is not a right-wing, super right-wing radical dude. And it's everything we've been saying all along with COVID. It was a big fraud from the beginning. There was ne- it was, wasn't going to kill millions of people in the United States. They made everybody fearful by staying in your homes, masking up, wiping down everything, washing your hands incessantly, standing on X's on the ground, shutting down the schools, hiding, 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 so you would give up and go get a shot. And Because they said, oh, then you can do, you can go back to normal. Lied. They just constantly lie. Every week they lie. They change things and lie. 
We didn't need to shut down the schools. Kids are basically immune to this. We didn't need to shut down any businesses. We didn't need to do anything that they did. It was all a lie. Now they're saying exactly what we said all along. Malone, who created the mRNA or discovered the mRNA, said this will compromise your immune system. Tucker Carlson's right on. The, the people that got injected with the shots are getting COVID. It's giving them COVID. The shots are a bust. And it's ruining people's immune system. It's, it's undermining people's immune system. Your immune system is a miracle of God. That it, it is constantly 24 hours a day without you even paying attention, fighting critters being breathed in and brought in through your sensory perception. Eyes, mouth, nose. Constantly keeping you healthy. And now what they've done is they've damaged your immune system. You're screwed. We told you that. We tried to. We begged. We pleaded. I've been talking for years on this COVID thing. Got ended up dragging into court. I was right. They were wrong. Everybody involved in this COVID thing on the local level all the way up to the federal government should be held accountable in a court of law. One of my friends who sends out emails, somebody asked a question the other day, how come nobody's getting arrested? He said, because the war's still on. They couldn't do the Nuremberg trials until there's a peace accord. And there were two peace accords in 1945, first the German and then the Japanese. And then after that, they did the war crimes. So we haven't been able to take control yet. Said this person writes, thus, until our national electric cold grids production of electricity is converted to green energy, renew all renewables, all electrical power applications are heavily sourced in fossil fuel burning power plants, which, of course, includes the manufacture, distribution and charging of all electric vehicle batteries. Anything that you consider renewable is being produced by fossil fuels, not renewables. You're, if you are deceived by that, hey, sometimes you get deceived. Don't know what to tell you about it. It's just like you missed it. You swung and missed. You fired a blank. I don't know what to tell you about it except you're screwed, right? And, and regarding, I, I hope the shot doesn't kill you. But I think it's killing people every day, and, and they're not counting it as a COVID shot disaster. They're just going, oh, well, he got shingles. Oh, well, he's got uh, his platelets are crashing. His, he's got a blood disease. I'm telling you, oh, she sad she had a miscarriage. Miscarriages are up like three or 400% among military personnel. Why do you think that is? Just all, all of a sudden? Deaths are up 40% in, in one of the big insurance companies. They're, they're, people are trying to collect life insurance. Oh, why do you think that is? Just all of a sudden, since last year, since 2021, we get to start getting the jab. Think about it, people. Think about it, think about it, think about it. Give, why would you give your kid a shot? Why would you put a mask on your kid who got a 99.97% chance of survival? Your kid has a bigger chance of having a problem just riding his bicycle around the street. We're going to we just finished our uh, fourth segment. We have two segments to go and then we will uh, be right back with you. 
were telling us uh, last year that inflation was going to be temporary. That's not true. Now the president's economic advisors are saying there's not going to be a recession. Are you sure? So, uh, so we, uh, we uh, analyze the data, we look at the data, we understand the, inc the, the significant uncertainties that exist uh, in the global uh, economy including issues of war, including issues of supply chains. Uh, but we also look at what other uh, uh, analysts and outside observers are, and, uh, and certainly that's something that I know you and your outlets do as well. So it started with, we're going to kill the virus. Never happened. Inflation is temporary. No, it's not. Now they're trying to change and lie about inflation. Cut it out, Jojo. He gets in, you will have a depression the likes of which you've never seen. Your 401ks will go to hell, and it'll be a very, very sad day for this country. I'm sure that many viewers were taken aback when a BBC commentator remarked recently that the winning English women's football team was all white, and that this indicated a lack of diversity. The thumbnail to this video shows a podium at the World Athletics Championships held in Oregon. It will be noted that the winning Canadian team, the American team which won the silver, and the British bronze winners all share a similar ethnicity. This is glaringly obvious and yet nobody felt called upon to mention this lack of diversity. Not one white athlete None of Chinese origin, not one of Indian heritage. Shocking or what? It's even worse than can be seen from this picture because all four members of the British women's team in the same event are also black. Two things strike one about this, one trivial and the other of great importance. The trifling matter is, of course, the rank hypocrisy of those who call for diversity when white people are doing well at something, but immediately fall silent when all black teams are fielded in this way. It must be strange to be a white liberal when you can at once spot when a group of people is entirely white, but are quite unable to notice if a bunch of folks are all black. It must be a bit like doublethink, as described in 1984. There's a more serious point here, though. It's frequently asserted that ethnicity is no more than skin deep, and that the only difference between black people and white is the colour of their skin. Since black people make up small minorities in the United States, Canada and Britain, do viewers really think that chance alone has caused all three of the teams shown in the thumbnail to this video to be entirely black? What about the British women's team? Is it pure coincidence that they're all black as well? Of course, 
it's nothing of the kind. A number of biological factors are at play here which make nonsense of the idea that race is only a social construct, as we are constantly assured. In the first place, black babies reach their gross motor milestones earlier than white children. They stand, walk, run and jump earlier than white children. Not only that, they are less likely to suffer from delays in the acquisition of these skills than our white children. This is international and cross-cultural. It has been seen alike in black children in American cities, uh, those raised on farms in the Caribbean and children born in the African rainforest. Black children simply develop faster than white ones and that is a fact. It has nothing to do with upbringing. I give a reference for this in the description to this video. It may be connected with the fact that black pregnancies last for a slightly shorter time than those of white people, although this isn't certain. This then is one factor which might go some way towards explaining why there are so many black athletes and footballers. They simply start using their bodies at a younger age than white children and this may give them an edge which persists to adulthood. The other edge which black people might have when it comes to competitive sport is that both men and women have higher levels of testosterone in their bodies. Top athletes of all ethnicities tend to have more testosterone than average, and so black people might well have an inbuilt advantage from the high levels of this hormone which they have. Young African-American men, to give one example, have an average 15% more circulating testosterone than white men of similar age. I give references to this too in the description to this video. Of course this leads us into very delicate territory because testosterone is also associated with aggression. In American prisons, those who have committed violent crimes and those who have been in confrontation with the prison guards are found to have higher levels of testosterone than white-collar criminals in prison. This is interesting because it is popularly supposed by many people that a higher proportion of violent crimes are committed by young black males. If so, then this extra testosterone might be associated with it. It's also sometimes uh, suggested that black women, young black women in particular, tend to be more aggressive than young white women. Again, it, if it is so, it's possible that extra testosterone that uh, black women have could play a part in this. In short, the fact that the American, Canadian and British teams on the podium at the World Athletics Championship are all black is probably anything at all but a coincidence, and it may shed light on other things which we see in society. It's becoming increasingly clear that the evidence for race being no more than a social construct is thin, and that evidence for essential biological differences between ethnic groups exists and needs to be considered.
right, number five, five, number five of our six segments. Uh, Want to mention uh, plumbing doctor, my friend Ted Holmes. We've been working together on our E Street remodel of this old 100-year-old sixplex with an extra apartment, newer rendition in back. And uh, he runs a number of businesses, construction businesses and floor removal businesses, but I'm going to mention today the plumbing doctor, and uh, he's another plumber that likes what we're doing here, so he helps us. Plumbing doctor is working primarily in Yuba Sutter counties. I think Thrifty Rooter goes outside the counties here, but plumbing doctor's here, 530-671-9111, and they uh, operate like all these emergency, just like if, if you have a health problem, you can go over to the doctor, you can go to the urgent care, or you can go to your regular doctor, or, or you just maybe you don't have a regular doctor and you just operate your whole life as an emergency. So when you have a problem, you just go to the emergency room. Well, you can do that. Sometimes it's better to plan and do prevention, but uh, the plumbing doctor will respond seven days a week all around the clock if that's what you need. But when I had them over here one day, they were fixing something. They said, Lou. I said, yes, what's up? They said, how come you got these toilets in here? I said, because they were here when I moved in. So that's what I've been using. He said, you know, they use like two or three or four times as much water as a regular toilet nowadays. And I said, had no idea, but you got my attention because water here is like dripping gold in Marysville. It's the highest rates from as far as a man can see. So I said, let's replace the toilets. So I got brand new toilets, got a rebate, and it cut down my water use, usage on toilets, which isn't huge here. Huge here. Uh, I spend all my water watering the outside with the plants because I like it to be nice around here. But the toilets now just sip the water. They use very little water, and uh, and they so they made several advice advisories to me even my hot water heater was all funky and they said oh you'd do better be much more efficient if we had this hot water heater so i put it in so you can get their advice on things like that by dialing 530-671-9111 all right um let's see i'm just trying to see where we are here in time i like to give people credit who are helping us stay on the air or on the internet however you want to look at it both ways i want to mention um it's interesting where you have leaders this is an article out of uh oh what do they call it the uh i'll have to i just i'll tell you who was written by it. tyler durden the durden uh, i can't even remember the the periodical it comes out but it, Ty, tyler durden d-u-r-d-e-n writes for them and uh brazilian president uh what happened is is you have these hollywood people shooting their mouth off all the time like leo DiCaprio about how we need to like stop all this and do this and do that so uh i think he was making some cheap shots at brazil so the brazilian president bonsonado bonsonado Jair Bolsonaro gave uh, DiCaprio a lecture on hypocrisy, telling, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of his yacht, DiCaprio's, but it's like there's yachts and then there's his yacht, right? 
So he, he went after virtual, the virtue signaling actor DiCaprio that he should give up his yacht before lecturing the world about the environment. And he said of note, in January, DiCaprio was pictured vacationing with friends on his $150 million Vava Number no. 2 yacht, the largest yacht manufactured in Great Britain, which is estimated to produce. This is the yacht costs $150 million. This yacht, now this is a guy that's telling you how you need to cut back and conserve. It produces 238 kilograms of carbon dioxide per mile. I think that's good. I think we need all the carbon dioxide we need. I mean, we uh, we need all that we can get because it's it makes a greener planet. You know that because plants go, yes, I'll, I'll take two plates of carbon dioxide. And so you think, well, Lou, I don't even know how much 238 kilograms. So what's your point? Here's my point. 238 kilograms of carbon dioxide is as much as the average British car emits in two years. Let me just help. In two years, the average British car creates about 238 kilograms of carbon dioxide, which I don't have a problem with. I like carbon dioxide. In fact, if I could supercharge it to my plants around my house, it'd make my whole house greener. But DiCaprio creates that in one per mile, per mile that he drives his yacht. He uses up, blows off enough carbon dioxide for the average car in Britain to run for two, two months, not two years. Sorry, two months. Per mile to two months. Got it? Bolsonaro was responding to DiCaprio, who tweeted that the Amazon rain... You know, hear these people, oh, the Amazon rainforest. It's, they've been saying it since I was a little kid. Amazon rainforest is disappearing. We're not going to have any Amazon rainforest. Then we'll have the rain, but no forest. He tweeted that the Amazon rainforest was faced an onslaught of illegal deforestation at the hands of the extractive industry over the last three years. So the president of of Brazil says, you again, Leo, I can tell you again to give up your yacht. I could tell you again to give up your yacht before lecturing the world, but I know progressives, you want to change the entire world, but never change anything about yourself. So I will let you off the hook. Between us, Leo, it's weird to see a dude who pretends to love the planet paying more attention to Brazil than to the fires harming Europe and his and your own country. Talking about forest fires because they won't manage their forests. But don't worry, Leo. Unlike the places you are pretending not to see by brilliantly playing the role of a blind man, Brazil is and will carry on being the nation that most preserves. You can carry on playing with your Hollywood star toys as we do our job down here. Actually, in my government, the average deforestation is way lower than it was in the past when the crook-turned-candidate your, your Brazilian buddy supports was in power. It's clear that everyone who attacks Brazil and its sovereignty for the sake of virtue signaling doesn't have a clue about the matter. They don't know, for instance, that we preserve more than 80% of our native vegetation and we have the cleanest energy among G20 nations. That's all the big dogs. 
isn't it interesting? Uh, it also clear that you don't know that my government announced a new commitment to eradicate illegal deforestation by 2028 and not by 2030, as most countries have set. Or maybe you do know that, but for some reason pretend to be ignorant. I hope you are not getting too much for this role you're in. If it's within your reach, we would love to see you stop spreading misinformation. All right. Now I want to talk about, jump locally here to California. And uh, I've been playing some parody commercials of the commercial that Gavin Newsom spent our tax dollars to run to try to convince Floridians to come back to California or to move here. And suggest that they, that Florida wasn't a state of freedom. That somehow California, the California. So he says, after years of mass mandates, school closures, and pervasive lockdowns, Californians must be wondering what limits exist on state governments' intrusion into our lives. Nonetheless, they can't help but notice the newfound freedoms that criminals and street homeless have enjoyed in cities like San Francisco and L.A. Like just around the corner, I could walk over the right next to my favorite Chinese restaurant, the Dragon Inn. Some folks just, it's an open lot, and they just established an operation there. First, it was like a studio equivalent of an apartment, mattresses, few office chairs, and they went into like a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, and two-bedroom, and pretty soon they were hanging their laundry on the cyclone fence next to the deal. And I thought, oh, we'll see how long they're just going to let this go. We get paying all these taxes for city council people and $300,000 for a CEO of the city. And we got city attorneys and we got public works and we got building inspectors and we got cops. How many, how how long are we going to allow this to go? And finally, yesterday morning, they're over there with a front end loader, loading up mattresses and chairs and junk and garbage, cleaning the lot back up. But they let it happen. They let the people screw it all up. Just like, oh, all we can do anymore in our society, we can't operate proactively. We just simply got to go clean up other people's messes. People like Salove, a lot of my friends over there donating for Salove. All they do is go out and pick up other people's crap. Just take a poop over there. Nobody can poop in a toilet anymore. Just poop on the sidewalk, and then somebody else will pick it up for you. I'm just saying that symbolically because they're dumping their refrigerators machines old cars garbage just like somebody anyway i can't get sidetracked anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on this article right newsom says oh california's in good shape we're prospering everybody's just wonderful here let me give you a perspective many californians are just flat leaving and hundreds of thousands are leaving every year Californians they're moving so he's talking about California and Florida so it says Californians who vote with their feet are fleeing to Florida in record numbers from 2010 to 2018 California lost an average of a thousand people each year to Florida doesn't seem like too much is it according to IRS taxpayer Mike you know you wonder who, who keeps track well IRS is keeping track where you're going and where you're filing from where you're living right but then this says then from, then from two, two, 210 to 2018, it was about 1,000 a year. But in two, from 2018 to 2019, one year, 
California lost 4,800 residents in just one year. You with me? That's up. That's five times. That's almost five times as much. But then don't get don't get caught up in that from 2019 to 2020, a new year. The first IRS data that cover the early pandemic months. You remember those months, 2019, 2020? California lost 11,500. A lot of my friends moved. They didn't all make it to Florida. Some did. The people that used to run the Millennium uh, Recreation Place down there on Gray Avenue that lost their shirt. Lost, they probably owe a quarter of a million dollars in loans. They, they, uh, that couple moved their family to Florida. That's where they're working. I talked to them on the phone the other day, or a few months ago. So from, so we went from a thousand people per month, per, excuse me, a <coughs> thousand people from for per year from 2010 to 2018, right? Not too many, but the fact is, you know, California up until last year, from the the time it became a state never shrunk always grew did you know that but last year was the first year we shrunk that the net effect of people moving here and people moving out was negative so thousand people per year 2010 to 2018 then from 2018 to 2019 4800 that's one year and then the next year 2019 to 2020 11,000 500 left. California, they call them out migrants, are bringing lots of income with them. State shed an average. Our state, you know, Florida does not have an income tax. Do you know that? Tennessee does not have an income tax. I don't think Texas does either. The state shed an average of $270 million of annual income to Florida from 2010 to 2018. That's just losing 1,000 people a year. That's $270 million transferred per year to Florida from California. The annual loss jumped to $1.2 billion from the year 2018 to 2019 and then to $2 billion in 2019 to 2020, California losses and Florida's gains have almost certainly accelerated in the intervening years. In other words, we got 2020 to 21 and 21 to 22, and now we got 22 working on getting up to 23, right? Florida is not only not the only state picking up California exiles. The Golden State's losses are at near record levels with other states, too, in particular Texas. Newsom wants Americans to believe that it he has it all figured out in California and that the new American model for freedom is a progressive one. He has lost his mind, people. I think he's got syphilis. He likes to screw other people's women. And so uh, that's a problem. And that you can pick up a venereal disease. And uh, in fact, that's that's what we got going with the monkeypox. You know that? If you if you want to protect yourself from monkeypox, don't be banging people up the backside. Knock that off, and you'll probably be escape it. Probably won't get AIDS either, and you probably won't get gonorrhea either. But people are getting gonorrhea. That I'm talking about the homosexual community. Almost every one of the monkeypox people, they won't tell you this on the 
on the media, they're homosexuals because the minute you say they think, oh, he doesn't like homosexuals. Eh, I don't care whether you're homosexual or not. Have a happy. Bang those backsides all you want. I actually done the funeral for people with AIDS before. They were homosexual. They didn't get it from a needle. They banged their way to the the grave. And uh, as a chaplain, they asked me to do the funeral. I didn't treat them bad. I treated they're human beings. I loved them. I cared about them. I felt bad for them. I just I'm not God. I can't fix that. I can pray for them. But you know, if you you know, I have friends that have shot shot heroin when they were teenagers, and all of a sudden when they were in their fifties, they got hepatitis C. It surfaced the virus, hepatitis C. I didn't feel bad. I said, ah, it's a bummer. But, you know, it's like karma. The law of cause and effect. Uh, There's pleasure and sin for a season. And then there's trouble, right? So whether it's drugs or weird sex, right? If you have, if you marry somebody and and you're both clean going into it, you may not be virgins, but you're clean going into it and you remain faithful to each other, and you have monogamous sex, you're not going to get any disease, period. That it's ain't going to happen. It's when you're like uh, grazing across the fence that you're going to get in trouble. But that's what's going on, and I'm very fascinated to see the newest statistics on the last year we've we've gone through i think there's a major i've just the i probably have a hundred friends i'm talking the the spouse and the the husband both spouses and you count them all up a hundred people that used to live here that i know that are now living elsewhere uh in the united states because of newsom so So here's the article I'll touch on a little bit. Smoking gun, U.S. government, Centers for Disease Control. You know the U.S. government is our government, right? But the Centers of Disease Control is not our government. I used to think that for the longest time. That's run, financed and run by people like Gates and the pharmaceutical companies. Google, Twitter, and Facebook are all stock-held private companies. Uh but there's now a, a there's going to be a lawsuit that shows that Google, Twitter, Facebook, they colluded with the gov- gov- government to censor important information about experimental COVID vaccines. Do you ever you get if you finally figured out that these were experimental, and they quit experimenting on kids because so many of them were failing. Thousands of kids got sick from those vaccines, not from COVID. American First Legal, or AFL, filed a Freedom of Information Act request to investigate unconstitutional acts between the federal government and the big tech social media platforms. They got 256 pages of communication between CDC, Google, Facebook, Twitter. These pages document egregious violations of the U.S. Constitution and provide evidence that the federal government violated the Nuremberg Code. What is the Nuremberg Code? You can look it up. It it has points that were written uh, 
by guys and gals back in the day after the war, World War II. And they called it the Nuremberg Code based upon the trial in Nuremberg. We'll be right back and do our last segment in just a moment. Guys, just because we have a vaccine that works doesn't mean it's time to get laxed. You have to wear a mask, even if you live alone, especially in the shower. It's common sense. Droplets can go through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them through their anus. I mean, just use your brain and stop being lazy. I'm very glad that none of these opinions are actually accepted in academia and haven't been for over 70 years. Synthes here on oh, well, Twitter. Okay, so the notion that they haven't been accepted for over 70 years is a bizarre one, considering they were accepted until about five minutes ago. And the basic idea that male and female do not exist runs counter to all mammalian biology, all of it, not just human. Are we to suggest that gender and, and sex are different in walruses? How does this work exactly? Like, uh, are they different in bears? Anytime you have a, anytime you have, all mammalian reproduction is rooted in the idea that there's a sexual dichotomy between male and female. To obscure that with all sorts of semantic word games about how you feel subjectively has no bearing on whether male and female are categories that exist. And if you're trying to define male and female with reference to any subjective category that cannot be identified by any metric whatsoever other than how you feel today, I challenge whether that is scientific or whether that is merely a self-perception that is being guided by a political agenda. The people of Wyoming are going to tell her, Liz, you're fired. Get out of here. Get out of here. By officiating the unproven theory that petroleum oil is a non-renewable fossil fuel, the oil companies were able to adjust the price accordingly, all the way into the peak oil scare that foretold the calamity of the world soon running out of oil which further benefited the industry's oil pricing schemes. The wells never did go dry, and the ones once emptied filled back up. So the science we have today favors the abiotic theory over the fossil fuel theory, which is that oil is a natural, renewable component of our ecosystem. And we see this in our oceans, underwater methane lakes deep beneath the surface with their own unique thriving ecosystems. And so the story changed from the world will soon run out of oil to the world will most certainly end if we don't stop using oil. And because nobody seems to know what science is anymore, and most people just do as they're told, the world is about to end for millions of people and probably more because our civilization is built upon fossil fuels and the powers that be are turning them off. Winter is coming and Germany is set to be very cold. Angela Merkel saved her political career by appeasing the anti-nuclear movement and shutting down Germany's nuclear power. Out of 17 plants, they have already shut down 11 and are still in the process of shutting down the rest, removing 25% of their power without anything to replace it because their Green Deal turned out to be a failure. After all the hype, Germany's dependence on fossil fuel is at 76%.
So they are temporarily switching back to coal and oil. But that's a real problem because they've neglected their own fuel industry and become dependent upon Russia's. And the German government would rather have the country freeze to death than buy fuel from Russia. The German economy is based on highly innovative production, which requires a great deal of energy that they no longer produce. And so running out of fuel will quickly collapse the German economy, which will cause a tsunami of economic destruction throughout the EU and the world. And the German government is letting it happen. They could leave some nuclear plants online, but they still plan on shutting it all down by the end of this year to stay green. Some anti-carbon environmentalists are saying that nuclear power is the greenest option. And maybe that's true, but none of their schemes add up. So far, the green agenda has only successfully accomplished making people feel good about themselves while they destroy their own society. The EU and Britain are actually reverting back to burning wood as fuel and claim that it is carbon neutral, which is a lie. Societies have steadily evolved towards a cleaner, more efficient energy, starting from wood, the least clean and efficient, and moving to coal, followed by oil and gas. And now, nearly 40% of Europe's renewable energy is wood, which mostly comes from clear-cutting forests in the United States. This new Green Deal is a complete lie. It's just another part of the creepy elite's Great Reset. These elite bloodlines want a new cashless society, but one more like the Middle Ages, which for these spoiled inbreds is the good old days. And if they succeed, it looks like Germany will get there first. And in the midst of all this chaos, the German government is focused on allowing children age 14 and older to change their gender and first names without parental permission once a year for as often as they want. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. This is our last segment, and uh, let me just mention a couple other people that are helping us uh, maintain here, and then I, I'm going to just skip through a few things that I normally would spend more time on, but I just want to touch on some other folks. Elite Universal Security, uh, they are one of the premier security groups in the area of Yuba Sutter. They're located here. They were started here by an Air Force veteran, Monty Hecker. But they've grown all over Northern California. So if you're listening to me and you're in Northern California and think, oh, I'd like to go to work. I could use a part-time job, a full-time job. I'm retired from this, but I could be a guard, do this, do that, drive around, watch things. Uh, you can do that, and they'll train you how to do it. They're looking for part-time people. I just talked to Monty late last night, maybe at 8.30 last night, checking on him. And uh, they will train you, and you— you may have a task assigned to you right where you live, whatever county that is up in Northern California. So Elite Universal Security is the name. Uh, their phone number is 530-749-0280. So if you have a job for them to do, 
and you're not in Yuba Sutter, maybe you're in Calusa, Butte County, Nevada County, other counties, Shasta County, give them a shout. And if you don't have somebody locally that you're used to using and you want to check them out, 530-749-0280. They do all kinds of, oh, you know, patrolling ag operations, corporations, manufacturing, residential, uh, strip malls, all kinds of things, and even government. They've even worked for the uh, county government, protecting the courthouse and things like that. So uh, they also do, uh, they have a range, their own range. So if you want to learn to shoot, you're new to the shooting uh, hobby and you got yourself a gun, you want to learn to shoot, be trained properly. And maybe even if you feel you need to get a uh, concealed weapon permit, they can help with that. They're just a one-stop shop for protection and security. And uh, even if you're a lady that you don't want to handle a gun, but you have a chemical or you want to get some of the chemicals and you want to learn how to use them, to spray a perpetrator, they will help you with that. So EliteUniversalSecurity.com or API-Academy.com. That's your schooling website, API-Academy.com. Check them out. They will help you. And then Dave Greenitz and I, we're working on the E Street Project, getting ready to put this building together for students to come, sort of school of champions, to live there and be trained and then go out and change the world. So Dave Greenitz is helping me with uh, some pro- some of the daintier projects over to make it look sharp and tidy things up and nice touches he and his wife can oversee. So, but he, he he was talking to me. He was driving to an appointment to check something out and uh, checking another remodel out to put somebody uh, into a brand new kitchen or brand new bathroom or entryway or something. So if you want to check his thing out, you you don't have to call him. You don't don't waste his time. Don't waste your time. Just go check his stuff out, his work, right? And you could go to Greenitz. That's the color green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. Or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page, and you can check out his work. And photos before and after. We're not talking taking photos off the Internet. We're talking about photos of his actual work. So go check it out if you like it and you think it's superior to other people or you think, well, I don't know about the other people. I've never, you're going to have to go look at a house they have, you know, go see this house, knock on the door, see if they'll let you in. No, no, you can just see these things all cleared out, clean, finished, perfect. Check it out. And uh, my feeling is I want, you know, my house, certain things, I want things done really right and done first class. Then when they're done that way, they last a lot longer. You don't have to waste time coming back and doing it again. So give him a call. You can, you can off those platforms, Facebook or the website, you can shoot him a text or a memo. But you could also text or call him at 530-682-9602. When I called him the other day, I called him at 530-682-9602, and he answered. Boom, he was driving down the road. Okay. So, uh, okay, so there you got it. Those are the people that are helping us. I want to go down here and uh, touch on a few things that I think are interesting and helpful. Uh, Right now, they're also investigating Tony. You know, I call him Ratface. You ever look at him? He looks like a mouse. He's been in the lab too long. He's resembling. You ever seen people with their dog? They look like their dog. 
He actually looks like the rodents that he plays with. Fauci has a wife, but her name is Christine Grady. And um, she authored a paper that explained in detail how to enroll children in Wuhan coronavirus vaccine trials. In other words, she introduced children getting the jab, the unauthorized jab that caused children to have health problems. This is Christine Grady. This is another mad scientist. She's head of the Department of Bioethics at the National Institute of Health. You see how this nepotism works? You can see it in our local government, the cities, the counties that we're living in, the state. Nepotism, right? So she and Tony, Tony's making more than any other person in the state, in the United States of America, any other government person uh, at the at the federal level we it, here's the amazing thing i think he makes over 400,000 without any royalties from the f- big pharma did you know they get royalties and you can work for the federal government that big pharma will give you a royalty uh the national institute of health got 360 million dollars over 10 years in royalty type payments to different people working for the government you think oh working for the government you already get paid by the government how come the private industry's paying you they're paying you because they want you to be their prostitute so Christine Grady is the head of, head of the Department of Bioethics. That means if there's an ethical issue regarding the vaccines, Christine Grady is going to give you the good housekeeping stamp of approval. Says here that Grady appears obsessed with jabbing children and turning them, to, them into hybrid, human hybrid chimeras using the mRNA chemicals. With funding from the NIH, Grady and four co-authors got the, their work published in the journal called Pediatrics. It contains recommendations for when and how to enroll minors in vaccine trials. Well, there are all kinds of lawsuits starting up, and uh, both Grady and her husband have been instrumental in unleashing the clot shot death jabs, which have injured and killed millions of people in this at this point, making them mass murders. You think, oh, that's too harsh, Lou. No, you just don't know what you're talking about. You, you, you know, it's amazing. We think, oh, my goodness, he shot, that guy shot that guy with a shotgun. Oh, really, you think that's any worse than injecting somebody with a, with a needle and killing them? Given the fact that Fauci directed, directly funded the bat coronavirus research that led to the release of the Fauci flu, it is a major conflict of interest that his wife supervised the ethics of said research. This husband and wife duo essentially unleashed the pandemic from start to finish, committing serious crimes against humanity that have yet to be punished in accordance with justice. That's because we haven't won the war yet. The next step for these two is to face international tribunals for said crimes against humanity, which carry serious punishment. We can only hope that such tribunals are formed soon and carried out on behalf of millions of people who have suffered and died because of these creeps. So that's that. And that's Christine Grady, and they've been filing all kinds of FOIA requests and filing lawsuits. So I mentioned to you... um, Oh, let's see. Maybe I should just go down here. Do you know that Paul Pelosi, he's the 82 or 83-year-old husband of Nancy Pelosi. They live over in Napa. 
they have a house in Napa or a farmhouse, whatever, vineyard. I don't know what all they have, but they actually live in San Francisco. They have houses all over the world, of course. And he's the one that profits off all these major corporate investments based upon the decisions of, of the Congress that he's privy to. So if the Congress makes a decision that's going to be favorable to Pfizer, he invests in Pfizer. And if, he, if they make a decision behind closed doors that's not favorable to Pfizer, then he sells his Pfizer stock, right? And so he's been following all that. So Pelosi's driving down the road in uh, a month or so ago. And uh, I don't know whether he ran a stop sign, but he ran into a Mexican guy. And I don't know whether he's illegal or not. We're not privy to those things anymore. But the guy was driving some sort of Jeep, totaled both vehicles. And um, so the the I just watched the district attorney, redheaded gal, Allie is her name. She claimed on the state, the courthouse steps, that she didn't have enough time to talk to the world about it. She's very, very busy on a tight schedule. You know, they're also on such tight schedules when they want to be. So she said that they are, they handle about 520 or something DUIs a year and over in Napa. And they handle them all exactly the same. And so the Paul Pelosi case is not getting any extra attention. And she said, darn it, we're getting thousands of threatening calls and letters and emails to our 80 very fine employees that are having to take all these nasty grams about the way we're handling the Paul Pelosi case. Well, the guy was shit-faced, right? And uh, instead of handing the CHP officer his license as he's sitting in the car, he hands him a donor card that he has donated to the Highway Patrol. I, I don't know whether he thought that was cute or he was out of his mind, but but that's what he did. He failed all the sobriety tests. They could smell alcohol in his breath. Some people said that he actually had drugs on board. They're kind of discounting that. So uh, anyway, staggered around, was all screwed up. They booked him in the jail, right? That That means they arrested him. They just didn't cite and release. They took him to the jail. Um. And they did a blood test on him. And what else did they do? He bailed out. He had to bail out. In other words, they just weren't going to book him and release, cite and release, book and release. That's two different categories of things. But they, they, he bailed out by giving them a $5,000 bond. And so yesterday, I, I'm working on this on on 8-4. This will show up on 8-6. So yesterday, I'm talking about Wednesday, 8-3. He was scheduled to appear at Napa court. Now, most people go to court themselves if they're the accused, but certain people can pay their attorney and make an agreement with the court to not show up. So, you know, he's too big of a big shot to show up himself, so he doesn't show up. And so the district, the attorney uh, filed, uh, made a filing for Paul Pelosi that he's not guilty. In other words, that he declared, I'm not guilty. And he waived the, how much, how fast the, the trial's got to be. So he's patient. He's going to say, oh, that's fine. Whenever you get around to me, I'm, I'm fine. The interesting thing was the day before this thing was going to go down, the judge was replaced. Think that's odd? The judge was replaced. 
And so we got a new judge who's never done a criminal trial like this. Yeah, it's a crime to drive drunk. So the judge is a black woman. Does that, like, touch anything? So if anybody criticizes her, she's black and a woman, so you can't criticize a black woman. But she's never done a case like that before. And uh, so the, the reporters, which I thought was great, they ask Allie, the district attorney. She's a lead. She is the district attorney of Napa. I can't remember her last name. Allison, Allie. She, they said, well, didn't you donate to the judge's campaign? Yeah, she said, oh, I donated about $100. She was kind of snarky about it, $100 back in 2018. Well, it's interesting that the judge used to work in the district attorney's department. So she left the district attorney's department and ran for judge. And a number of people have donated to her campaign the judge that are in the district attorney's office. So the question was, isn't there some sort of conflict where the judge may be favorable to you because you finance? She said, well, I just gave her a hundred dollars. Oh, I guess she's, some people aren't impressed by you. I mean, to me, if you bought me a taco, I'd be impressed by you and be thankful for it. And I'd remember you kindly if, if it was just an Antonio's taco, which are quite good. So they just thought, oh, how dare you even suggest that uh, suggest that we would do something like this. So anyway, the interesting thing is that um, she says, well, you know, in, in the law in California, you can throw out the judge. Well, who would throw out the judge? You're already compromised because you've donated to the judge. Do you think the defense is going to throw out the judge? Who's... Who is be the people that are con, the people that would be offended or put out by this are the people of the state of California that that the DA is supposed to be representing. I thought, you know, something for a district attorney, she's pretty stupid. She made an argument that, oh, well, you know, you can re- throw out the judge who would throw out the judge. The judge is going to be on the defensive side. And help help the prosecution get out of a tight deal because the prosecution has already said, well, we're not going to release the dash cam. First, she said, I'm not going to release it. Then she said, well, it's not mine anyway. It's the highway patrols up to them. You know, these people talk double speak. So anyway, uh, not only did he get in it, not only it's one thing to drive drunk. It's another thing to collide with a car. Okay, now, did you think there's anything consequential or significant about the fact that Nancy Pelosi concocted this whole thing to go to Taiwan and create a big international fear with China? Do you think that she did that to distract people from her husband's DUI case? Oh, you think that'd be beneath her, do you? you think that's, do you think I'm exaggerating? Why would she go to Taiwan and, and create a big fear over there? Do you remember Bill Clinton when he bombed the aspirin factory in Sudan? Why did he bomb an aspirin factory? Do you think we were anti-aspirin? you think he, our intelligent people were so stupid that they didn't know that that was an aspirin factory? While facing the, uh, their impending, the impending impeachment, Bill Clinton revealed his true character through his respective role as commander-in-chief. August 17, 1998, 
probably the worst day of Bill Clinton's presidency. Two days later, on August 20, Clinton ordered a military airstrike on what turned out to be an aspirin factory in Sudan. Earlier that year, in January, Clinton had been deposed under oath for a lawsuit filed by Paula Jones, who had credibly accused Clinton of sexually harassing her in 1991 when he was governor of Arkansas. During his sworn deposition, Clinton didn't know that Jones' attorneys knew about his affair with 22-year-old White House intern Monica Lewinsky. In fact, Clinton didn't know anyone knew about that. In their effort to prove Clinton's pattern of sexual misconduct, Jones' lawyers caught Clinton completely off guard with detailed questions about Lewinsky. Under the assumption she could never prove the affair, that it would forever be his word against hers, Clinton denied everything while under oath, a blatant act of perjury. Over the long, bitter months that followed, Clinton angrily denied the affair to family, friends, and media, the White House staffers, and the American people. But Lewinsky had the goods, a semen stain on her blue dress that contained the president's DNA. And so on August 17th, after seven months of lies and perjury, Clinton went before a grand jury, admitted the affair, tried to worm his way out of the perjury with a ludicrous definition of sexual relations, Anyway, the night, that night, a furious and cornered Bill Clinton addressed the nation where he admitted to the affair, admitted he lied, and denied perjury charges. Impeachment was in the air. Even Democrats were wobbly. And then, two days later, Clinton wagged the dog by calling for military airstrikes in Sudan. Not a threat to the United States. Against an installation that was later proven to be an aspirin factory. Really? That's the best we can do? We couldn't figure out that ahead of time with all our technology? This was the, just the first of two wag-the-dog moments for Clinton. The next would come just two days, two days before the U.S. House, House of Representatives voted to impeach him. On December 6, 1998, two days before the scheduled House vote, Clinton launched a four-day bombing campaign against Saddam Hussein and Iraq for failing to comply with the United Nations weapon inspectors. That means they just didn't allow an inspector came in, so we bombed the hell out of them. You ever wonder about our American military? Why they did this? Why they did that? The last day of Clinton's bombing campaign took place on the same day the impeachment vote was taken. And trust me, the corrupt media let him get away with the whole thing. This might sound preposterous, but he's, this writer says that's exactly what happened and no one really believes that what became known as Monica's War did much, did much of anything to destabilize Saddam Hussein. That's all for today. So, uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Otherwise, we won't. God bless you, and uh, I hope life is going to be good to you in the next few days before we return. Good night. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom. to myself what a wonderful world I see skies are blue and clouds of white the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself